Hey everybody and welcome to episode 88 of the Bonehead Podcast where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. How you doing, BT? Hello. Yeah, doing pretty good. Thanks. What's uh, What's new, buddy? Uh, not Not a lot. Not a lot. Settled into this place now, which is good. All unpacked. Um, house moving is stressful. Really stressful. <laughs> I'm sure everyone already knows that. It, it's um, almost, It's also like almost never ending as well. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's still bits that need to be done. Have you got all your boxes on site or have you got anything in storage or anything? No, no, everything's here. Everything okay. For the most part, everything's unpacked. The garage is still a state, but that's kind of the end. <laughs> Dump everything that I don't need to worry about for now in the garage and one day I'll make it into a printorium. Ah, so that is where the printer stuff is going to go. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah. Have you got a, um, have you got a loft? We do, but it's all like just... It's like 10 feet of insulation that you've got to like kind of climb through, so it's not really... That's good. So, so yeah. you're saying there's nothing in the loft right now? <laughs> I mean, not yet, no. That's good. That's great. Uh, generally speaking, if something goes in the loft, that's where it stays until the house burns down or you move. That is, that is very true. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Or you could do what Tiff and I did and get a storage unit, then move house, then buy new stuff because it's too difficult to get to the stuff in the storage unit, then move house again. And uh, yeah, now we've got two so, yeah, tunnel you moved, your, you moved your house nearer to your storage unit that's what we that's we, actually we did yeah <laughs> oh okay right uh, yeah we did but because the stuff was at the back of the storage unit we then just bought more stuff uh so really yeah. all i'm doing is paying 100 pounds a month for a shipping container <laughs> of things i'll never use <laughs> hey one day it could become like i don't know a game room or something can you, can you do stuff like that in storage containers can you like go and yeah use them as a room? yeah after the first time we moved well, between the first and the second time, I was looking at that. I was like, you know what? This is a decent space for a hundred and something. It's one hundred and seven pounds thirty a month. I was like, mm. this is, this is all right. You know what? USB lights. That's no problem. All the lights we yep. use is it's all USB powered, right? So you can a couple of phone packs, no worries. You can film in here. It'd be fine. It'd be really good. Then we moved house again, and the rest of our stuff went in there. Uh, there's what? There's like two, three beds. There's a sofa, but it's all like at the back. Both mm-hmm. of my tumble dryers are in there. But I have two. Well, yeah. One doesn't quite cut it, does it, Ben? Uh, when we moved, it didn't have the. There wasn't like an out bit, like an out hose area for the tumble dryer, so I had to get a condenser tumble dryer because I, I, I am one of these people. Tiff is even worse than me. She will wake up in the morning and go, I've got no uniform. I've got no I've got no clothes. Like I need to do some washing and we end up having to do washing at like five in the morning. Um, so the condenser tumble dryer was definitely, definitely needed. Um, but that's, people always you, got, you kind of get this choice, don't you, of like a, a tumble dryer or a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. What would you go with? What if you what have oh, dishwasher every day, every day of the week? Like we've just moved to a place with a dishwasher, and it's like it's a game changer. But do you have you a tumble dryer? dryer? No. What? What? Anywhere you find them. No, I am the opposite. Like washing washing dishes is fine. You've got a draining board; it dries itself. Clothes, I can't do it. I need a tumble dryer. Mostly because yeah. I'm really lazy when it comes to shirts, and you press the little button that says anti crease, and it just like. Take them out, hang them up, never iron a shirt. It's fantastic. Life hacks with the Bonehead podcast. 
<laughs> Should we talk about Blood Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> maybe in a minute. Maybe in a minute. Uh, yeah, no, good. So house moves going all right. It's settling in nicely. Yeah. Um, how was is this? The first time you booted up the PC proper? Have we done a podcast since you moved in? Properly? No, we did. Uh, yeah, did we did one with trips weeks ago? Ah, there yeah. you go. There you go. That's wicked. Um, I have been ill for a week. So's Tiff. We got some kind of bug, and I've just both had like negative energy the entire time like literally uh woke up did stuff and then got really sleepy got so we spent like friday i got i landed one of the jobs i'd applied for awesome second interview went really i didn't think it actually went that well and then i got to like four o'clock hadn't heard anything so i went straight down to tesco's and i was like oh i just i'm just miserable you know when you're just miserable because you you start rethinking questions and you're like oh i should have said this instead of this so i went down to tesco and bought just a load of bad food so i was like you know what i'm just gonna eat myself happy because this is just i just ah, i could have done better and then i went down to tesco's bought a bag full of nonsense food uh and then got the call as i was driving home (laughs) I was like, "Hey, this is excellent." Now it's celebration food. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know, physical. It might be bad for your physical health, but it's great for your mental health. So, think of it that way. Yeah, it was a solid, a solid mental health investment. Mm. Um, and then um, Tiff was like, "Oh, we'll celebrate." And then we both came home Friday night, and we were just sniffly, miserable messes. Went to sleep, woke up basically Sunday. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm enraged at the fact we've lost our weekend so far. Let's go to Games Workshop. Let's go to Southampton. Like, it'd be really fun. Went to Games Workshop. Uh, I was apparently very rude to one of the Games Workshop people. Um, Ooh. Yeah. According to? According to Tiff. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, because <clears throat> we're feeling rubbish. I was feeling rubbish. And uh, we're walking through, like, Southampton High Street. And uh, this stranger comes up. You can see, you know, the people with clipboards and, and leaflets and they're like bothering everybody. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I just am not in the mood. But he made the biggest mistake. I was in a proper miserable mood. Normally I'm, I try to be like a nice guy. Uh, but his opening question was, are you nice people? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so this dude just uh, walks at us in the middle of Southampton. It's like, are you nice people? And I just immediately went, no. And carried on walking. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, that does answer that, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, all right, good. I felt good about that. We went into Games Workshop and then um, some of the crew and our local Games Workshop are amazing. Um, and then, But Games Workshop can be quite a loud place, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of child energy. Uh, and, and one of the dudes there was channeling this voluminous child energy towards me while i was merrily looking at paints uh and i was just kind of like he's like oh you know what are you painting and i was like ah oh, lots of stuff and he was like oh do you need any help and i'm like no i'm good you can hear the audible full stop there right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know good. how to respond to that. I'm not even yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I went up to the counter and I paid for my stuff and it came to £50 and I was like, I've bought three paints in a paintbrush. This is awesome. I'm glad this is free range organic paint. This will yep. be great. Uh, and then we walked out and Tiff was like, you are so rude. I was like, no. <laughs> was I? Was I? And I was like, I just wanted to be left alone. She was like, yeah, but you are so rude. Um, and I, I actually still feel bad about that. But we we went uh, yeah we, we went home and then uh, we went to sleep again. And every day this week it's been a case of right, I'll do his work, it'll be good. Then I'll do some videos, and it's just got to like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I've just been dead on my feet. 
Like this week has been entirely sponsored by Tesco Blue Spark Sugar Free Energy Drink, which might be why I've been feeling so bad. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's all catching up. You've got a full yeah. year's worth of blue spark. It's all yeah. just kind of built up. It's and... just this this horrible can. I'm building a raft to get between me and Milton on the Isle of Wight, and this is this is I'm genuinely halfway there, I reckon. Um, yeah. So no, so sorry if you if you follow the channel and um, have been expecting blood ball videos. I expected to film blood ball videos, uh, but that has not happened. However, feeling better today. Tomorrow is going to be awful. I'm going to be in London again. And then Saturday and Sunday, Tiff is working and I will be doing nothing except Blood Bowl stuff. And I am quite looking forward to it, which is very, nice. very cool. Anyway, Ben, you are quite right. We are here to talk about Blood Bowl and I don't, I think I shared the show notes. What's yep, the skinny? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. What are we talking about on episode 88? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Blood Bowl World Cup is happening uh, next year. Um, we're also going to be talking about our next tournament, the Dorset Dungeon Bowl, um, and the next Bonehead Championship YouTube series. Yeah, it's well, kind, it's kind of a news yeah, yeah, kind of a bit of a catch-up episode. There's a bunch of stuff going on in Blood Bowl world, and it seemed sensible to kind of put a little bit of a preface together to say this is some of the stuff that's coming up, and um, basically get our opinions on things. Anyway, mm -hmm. let's bounce to Blood Bowl news. Anyway, let's talk mm. Blood Bowl news, and hopefully that's been an appropriate cutting point there. So uh, in the world of Blood Bowl and Games Workshop, there was one little bit of news we're not going to mention, Cursed City, because I don't think we Cursed should. What? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's back. Anyway, Blood Bowl, mm. uh, they're releasing, re-releasing the Wood Elf pitch. Uh, they've shrunk the dugouts, and they've released some quite bad dice, Ben. What do you think about oh. the dice? I mean, they're super unreadable, so half the course for Blood Bowl dice, thanks Games Workshop. Can't see a thing on them. I like the logo. I think I can't really see it. I can't see the logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, what's the best dice they've done so far? Like, what's the... Blood Bowl. Yeah. I... The original Goblin ones were good. Oh, the, the yellow black, and black and... ones, right? Yeah. Oh, they were... Ah, yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, uh, big fan of the nobility dice which, and the undead dice, which are basically the same, like mm -hmm. the the ivory dice with stuff. Super clear, super readable. Love those. Ogre ones okay as well because it's kind of grey. Um, yeah, those are probably the top ones. The wood elf one bad, and I think the worst one has to be the Nurgle one that they did the other week. That was just like I don't even know what color it was. Oh, that wasn't the same. Was it the same as the first run of Nurgle? I think it was slightly worse. I think they found I think it way. was. I think they made it a bit brighter, didn't they? Something like that. They were like, oh, this is too easy to see. I know. Uh, let's go with Nurgle. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got these dice. Oh, I had these dice. I think gave them to Milton. Um, yeah, and these were the first dice I bought. And they were dark green with orange. And they were actually really good. Like, I was using them for a while. But then I'm just looking at the new ones. And you're way brighter. But the orange is the same. You can't see it. These <laughs> first ones are fine. It's really baffling. Do you think? Do you think they're just limited by like the colours and they they kind of like? No, I think they've created a brand and the brand is bad dice, and they're just sticking. Ah, it's, it's weird. Like their pots, right? They have their paint pots, which are bad. They must know they're bad, but they will not change them because it's their brand. 
maybe that's part of it. Maybe, like, maybe it's just high fashion. I don't understand a lot of high fashion. I'm like, you, you have, you have zippers on your coats, but no pockets. Yeah. I don't understand this. This is illogical to me. And then, um, I don't know. Games Workshop are like, you know, what would be really fun. And do you know what people would buy? Dice you can't read. Oh, that's yeah. so swish. Do you know what they should? They should sell blank dice. And I guarantee, if they said it was a limited release, they'd sell their heck out. They did. Um, the Eisenhower Deepkin dice. No, they may as well be blank. They're not, but they may as well be because they're see-through because it's like water. Oh come and it's on! The tiniest little lines to identify them. I just rolling ice cubes. <laughs> uh, I think they peaked with the um with the squig dice. Oh God. They were Those awesome. They were so good. They were not the most practical dice. They were clear until the paint rubbed off because it was made of rubber. <laughs> uh, and they made excellent tokens. And I played Marnabol Stunty Cup. And I was, was I running squigs or was I not running squigs? I think I was running squigs. And the opponent was also running squigs. But he had the squig dice. And it was so good. It was just so good. <laughs> I love squigs. We need more squigs in Blood Bowl. Uh, I, I guess technically any squigs would be the appropriate amount of squigs as an increase. Anyway, uh, Games Workshop, yep, they've released some more dice. If you are one of those people that absolutely loves Blood Bowl dice, then you've got more to buy. Um, just please don't use them, uh, I guess. And the Wood Elf pitch is not bad. Wood Elf pitch is not bad. Um, but in the world of Wood Elves, smooth transition there, we've got the uh, Succubus Studios, Sylvan's Team and Cheerleaders. Now, I think we... Uh, this we kind of teased this one. We said that there was some stuff popping about it, didn't we, Ben? Um, a little while ago, and now it has gone live, and it's already smashed its target. So it's at sixteen thousand against a target of four thousand, hundred and seventy-eight backers. Nineteen days to go. Uh, so March twenty-second, dude, dude. It's mm. we're nearly like, oh yeah. Anyway, it's nearly yeah. it's nearly the summertime. So uh, let's have a look at some of the team. I mean. It's an interesting thing. They've gone with STLs, but they've painted the STLs and they kind of look like they belong on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good because you still have the, like, they've got rotated models, which is actually really good. You never see on these Kickstarters. But yeah, initially I was just like, wait, are these just drawings? Yeah. <laughs> they look hand-drawn, um, like, 2D models, which is actually kind of cool. Um, and I, I'd be annoyed if it wasn't, like, for the fact you can see the 3D version. I need to scroll down a bit and see the 3D versions though. Um, no, so there's two prices for this. Well, there's, a, there's there's more than two actually. There's a cheerleader pack, which is £49 and you get 12 cheerleaders, which is two of the different types. So there's a bunch of different types of cheerleaders as well. It's kind of like a, it's a split Kickstarter. But we are here for the teams, really. So £58 will get you the Sylvans pack. Uh, you will receive 15 miniatures. So two throwers, seven linemen, uh, two war dancers, four catchers, and all the stretch goals. And then for £67, you get two throwers, seven linemen, four catchers, uh, two war dancers, stretch goals, and a tree man. Now, the tree man is pretty cool. Um, he is really good. Uh, let's see. I think we've got a little spinny image of the tree man here as well. It, it's a big model. They've got a cool little size comparison as well, which is incredibly useful in these Kickstarters when they do that. Um, yeah, even even though, if you see the amount of pieces this dude comes in, oh my word, yeah, he's got like a back with all the individual twigs. Hey, at least wow. his jaw isn't separate, so it's not yeah. it's not full Games Workshop. So that's something, I guess. <laughs> it's got a funny little face. 
he does have a weird little face. It looks kind of like the Super Mario Brothers movie, like the Goombas. Yeah, the Goombas. <laughs> yeah. Or a Nurgling, yeah. actually. Weird one. But, yeah. But it works. Um, ben, £67 for an entire Wood Elf team. What do you uh, reckon? It's very reasonable. It's really reasonable. Like, I mean, you're talking two Games Workshop boxes and the Tree Man from there. That's going to be more than that with the price hike. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're talking about £28, I think, for a team after the increases from, like, Entoyment or something, and then 15 quid for the Tree Man. So, yeah, you're looking, you're right, about £70-something. Pounds. It's just mm -hmm. it's just how much a Blood Bowl team, a fully kitted out Blood Bowl team is now, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Even Dwarves. I know people always throw up, like, oh, Dwarves is just one box. Yeah, but then if you want to actually, like, buy the Death Roller, the Death Roller is a chunky cost as well. Yeah. So uh, something something's worth noting about the succubus things as well is they're all like female, more predominantly female sculpts. Which you know, if you want more females in Blood Bowl, there is that. Um, they are quite curvy, curvaceous. Some of them are quite thick. Um, <laughs> with two C's, and yeah. So, but I mean, they're not egregious. There are a lot worse. <laughs> culprits out there for the female sculpts yeah these the, ones seem quite toned down the wood elf team itself yeah they're, they're females but they've all got appropriate uniforms on this is yeah exactly you know if it's people yeah i think if you that we always kind of had this thing like i have a daughter what's the blood bowl what team is there that actually she will relate to that this works with and while you know anyone can play any team um it is always useful to have a variety of players and i do like the way that games workshop are now kind of mixing up their stuff in their teams and it's just it's just really normalized now which is which is awesome now mm. talking of normalized there's something here that is not normalized which is the akaro chibi bowl team now we did have a look at this i think a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago on the last episode so they've got um they are 3d printing this so i think the sylvans one was all going to be resin is that right yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, resin and shipping, estimated delivery in September. Kind of forget when it comes to Kickstarter. So Akaro Dice, they have got this chibi bowl, and each of these models are very like like, like um, Arcadia Quest or um, they're just chibi in, in style. I think what was it? I, I kind of described it as what's the uh, what's the what's the game where you build your walls and make friends and then get raided. Oh, like Clash of Clans. Yeah, it's kind of got this yeah, Clash of Clans like vibe. It really does, actually. Yeah, like the, the big guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the big guy and the beards. They're just very Clash of Clans. Now, it's cool. And and I think we talked about this as well a couple of episodes ago. It's good to have different variety of like styles. Because the great thing about Blood Bowl is as long as you can tell what stuff is, you can use stuff as any stuff. And... They've done a really good job here of having different positionals you can identify, but having this really unique style. Um, I personally love like cartoony stuff. I do love the cutimals as well. I mean, today where you stand on the cutimals from Grebo, Ben? They're not for me. I can see why people like them, but I, I, I generally like quite in theme models. Yeah, Tiff, Tiff's like a big fan of them. She's like, oh, if you get me one of these, like I'd probably play. And I'd i don't believe it otherwise i would have bought all of them <laughs> you know you know what could you go um so chibi bowl 54 pounds uh one ogre five linemen four blitzers one thrower two catches three halflings so 54 pound for a fully kitted out human team they've also got an alliance chibi bowl team as well one tree man who is kind of like a chibi groot which is which is cool i like the way they've done that um 
One tree man, five human linemen, one human blitzer, one human thrower, one human catcher, two halflings, one dwarf blitzer, two dwarf blockers, one slayer, one dwarf runner, and stretch goals for £55. So they've kitted out several different teams, and then they've got an all-in-one, which is everything ever. Um, ogre, tree man, halfling, yeah, everything for £96. Now that is quite a lot. Estimated mm. delivery of May 2022. Um, but for one team, £55, including big guys, is it, it's better value. It's, that's below the threshold, really, isn't it? Yeah, and that's physical models, right? That is physical models, yeah. They're not doing STLs for this that I could see. Yeah, eco-resin. Oh, they're 3D printing, but they're not 3D. Yes. So they're 3D printed models, but not for printing at home. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are 3D printing them themselves. And passing them on, which I think we're starting to see a bit more of. I mean, Grebo. Yeah, like Grebo do that. Yeah. yeah. Grebo def definitely trailblazed to that one. Um, now, I, I think I, something that would be nice to see, I'm just going to scroll down in case they have done it, is like actual printed examples. Um, because printers do vary in quality. Have it. So, yeah. If you scroll uh, down a little bit, there's got a size comparison, which is also incredibly useful. Uh, oh, I've lost it. I've got to zoom in quite a bit. There. Yeah. Uh, so there is a size comparison, which is useful. So you okay, can see... no, it's, it's they're nice, they're nice quality. Um, yeah, because you know if they're printed on like a, a printer like I have, like at the real bottom end of the barrel, then hey, hey, it might hey, not be hey, as quite don't good. Don't talk about can. the Elegoo Mars like that. <laughs> the, the Mars One is brilliant. Everything, everything printed on that is brilliant. It's none of it's bad. It's just not as good as some of the newer stuff yeah but i mean hey if you agrax everything like i do it really doesn't need to be super 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 primo um i love this they've got all load of their other stuff in there as well you've got dice cups keychains you've got different dice dices dice is dice isn't it uh, i should know that by now reroll markers they've got some cool expandable bits so there's a pet which is a barrel but they've also got a griff they've got a coach they've got a cheerleader wizard um, and you can add little packs. You can add lineman packs. You can add dwarf packs. A chainsaw dude. The squirrel is amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the squirrel is good. On I this. might actually have to back it just to get a few squirrels. Cause that's cool. Hey, they've actually got a sheepskin guy as well, which yeah, is way better than Games Workshop. Two different trees. The tree, the star tree man's quite cool, but this does absolutely look like an iPad game. Yeah, oh, dude. Imagine if they had like a sevens iPad game with this art style uh, that'd be so good <laughs> i mean it would all it would be, be paid to win but yeah you know. and you'd get a horrendous ads on youtube but yeah hey we could do it we could finally live the dream <laughs> <laughs> you just record some footage of like i don't know the avengers and then like put that on youtube and not be in game like... footage yeah yeah <laughs> wow oh i love it oh, this is wicked no mm. i'm a really big fan of this i like the ogre i like the individual models i think it's a cool style it is very different it is very stylized which is something that we say because it is uh it will definitely not blend in with the games workshop teams but it looks cool it looks fun Doesn't to paint to. it lines up with the um it kind of lines up with the the leprechaun team it does yeah very much they'd look pretty spot on playing again uh yeah I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, that is 10 days to go. So it finishes Sunday, March 13th, which is my brother's birthday. Mustn't forget that. Uh, and they're halfway to their goal already. So nice. Oh, good luck. I think they'll be probably be all right. Um, yeah. Cool. Right. Before we move on to the next bit, 
it is my brother Sam's birthday on the 13th and uh, his girlfriend texts me and Tiff and was like, hey, putting, you know, ha having having lunch out for Sam's birthday. Uh, would you like to come? And we're like, yeah, sounds great. That sounds absolutely brilliant. And then catch up with my mum like a couple of like a week later or something. And she's like, oh, you know, I hope Sam likes his surprise lunch and I'm, I'm not paying attention at all. And then uh, and then they pop round and then. <laughs> So oh, Sam, no. Sam, Sam, and Sammy go and see mum and mum for mum's birthday, and then because uh, they're in the area, you know, they they say hello to us, and uh, they're like, "Oh, I haven't seen you since Christmas." And Tiff immediately, bless her heart, goes straight in there with, "Oh yeah, we're going out for lunch soon." <laughs> <laughs> Absolute no hesitation, deadpan silence. <laughs> like Sam's like, "Are we?" Sammy's like, "No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not." And I'm just like, "Oh, this is awful. This is awful." <laughs> And then uh, probably about half an hour of just kind of like this awkward stuff happens. But I went back and reread the message from Sammy and I was like, it doesn't say keep it a secret. I was like, we are in the clear mm. here. You have yeah, to you stress. Can... If you want to keep it a secret, you have to write it there. Do not tell someone. Because um, Tiff was just so excited. She was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out for lunch. And uh, yep, Sam didn't know. So that was quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. Yeah, he does um i know bless him right uh last bit of blood bowl news is 3d fantasy football dugouts volume two now this one is stl this one is stuff you print at home and it is kind of like the display dugouts uh we haven't seen these for a little while ben but they were kind of all the rage a little while ago i think that was when like printing like we, we were at least both of us were definitely still like new to it and it was all really like must print everything and now that kind of novelty is sort of worn off so it's a lot yeah. less exciting for me personally but um yeah like these are really cool and i do really want one someday it's just a lot of work <laughs> yeah printing large stuff whether you've got resin or plastic is 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 not yeah i don't have time for this <sighs> but it's yeah. really good it is really they are really good i like all of these they're super thematic i absolutely adore seeing people bring these to tournaments when people yeah. rock up with like a cool dugout it's best and you're already in the running for like best team in these things, so. <laughs> yeah having a great display oh out of my leg um the dwarf one's wicked they've got like these the hall bits that just look like statues and things the chaos one's cool you got skulls bleeding blood because it's chaos and that's what mm -hmm. chaos do chaos is so heavy metal isn't it oh, i just absolutely <laughs> love it absolutely wicked and they've got a lizard man one it's got aztec runes and stuff i mean it's really really cool i don't think the price is all that bad either uh chaos dugout stl file nine pounds ben mm -hmm. you know they're all nine pounds uh 13 pounds with stretch goals i'm not sure what the stretch goals are likely to be what is it for everything all the dugouts 25 pounds uh that's it as you know if you want a dugout it's a pretty good way of doing it uh they've got some cool little stretch goal bits like little spotlights and things it's it's very very cool and you've got the old ones the undead one and the orcs ones oh, i remember these yeah they're very cool it's just oh just the prospect of printing something that large uh <laughs> it's just yeah it's just a big a big commitment. I mean, even with the Mars 2 Pro, like you can print an entire Blood Bowl team on one plate, maybe two plates. Mm -hmm. But none of that is terrain. terrain I wouldn't do this on a resin. Is, I no, would not do this on no. Um, but then uh, having seen the work that goes into leveling and re-leveling and re-leveling the plastic printers, um, 
you know, our friend Milton's having a horrible time with the the plastic printer at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though Trips has given him a ton of encouragement, it just it oh, 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 just yeah, print one. They're fine. They're, I find them a lot easier to deal with than the resin one. It's just I, I, for me, it's purely the, the concept of painting all this, like getting it all ready and then painting it is daunting when I have so many other things to do, like painting wise, like hobby wise. It's just like this would go straight on the back of the to do pile. If, if you could I'm buy this, <laughs> if Games Workshop did this for £30, would you buy one? No. Ah, interesting. No, I wouldn't. I, I, it's not so much the printing, it's just the painting of it. It's just the, I, I suck at painting terrain. Like I've been playing 40k for. <laughs> Since 2014, and I've painted like three bits of terrain. It's uh, so boring. Yeah, terrain, so terrain. Boring. You you paint like one test piece uh, for big war games, and then you're like, oh yeah, cool. If I do this, this is going to look great. And then you move on with your life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That definitely happens. And Milton is painting and printing a whole bunch of 40k terrain that he will probably never use right now as well, which is um, <laughs> also how it tends to go. Anyway, that is it for the Blood Bowl news. I have significantly lost uh, the show notes, so I'm going to assume that we are done with. I think we're done. The news bits, and we'll move on to hobby. And we're back. So this is the bit about the podcast where we talk about hobby and games and things that we've done. BT, other than moving house, what have you been? What have you been up to? What have you been building? I've what have actually, you been playing? Yeah, I've actually done a decent amount of hobby. Like not, not still not quite like fully into the swing of things yet. But um, I have been working on a custom converted big mech on bike. Oh. Or a little 40k league that um. Hey, is that the, is that the model that was featured on the Warhammer community? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Games Workshop have this massive anti uh, anti printing anti third party rule where they will not show or even acknowledge any of that exists. And then they did this spotlight, this community spotlight, and in one of that was was one or two custom orc vehicle things that are produced by one of the companies that Ben's love that Ben loves and just mm. like just there prominently there you go yeah I knew you had it I assumed you yeah. had it um <laughs> yeah I just thought that was absolutely brilliant like shh, don't tell Games Workshop nobody tell Games Workshop that's their logo on it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Games Workshop like this is ours now uh <laughs> Uh, that's really funny it didn't last long but um did, yeah, no, did they take it down crazy. they did take it down oh yeah. that's 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 kind of sad but awesome yeah. at the same time <laughs> like so good anyway uh the orc wagon looks awesome is your entire orc force painted uh this like speed mob thing it's like the army of renown that when i've done this and i've got that war boss to do the the forbidden games workshop one um <laughs> <laughs> that will be that army done but i've still i've got a lot more orcs oh yeah most yeah. of them are not painted no okay this is this yeah. is like having a a blood bowl team and you've painted your starting 11 okay you've still got yeah but instead of 11 it's more like 55 yeah so, yeah yeah oh yeah yes yeah oh yeah yeah no well, that's all that's all i've done for hobby though but i mean i don't usually do conversions and that was the first time i kind of like well not i'd say probably the second time i've properly like tried it and um i'm really happy with it um you're an orc player though like i know i'm the worst orc player that's really I, strange yeah i just i i don't really like what i was saying with the terrain earlier i'm i'm very much just i like painting i like painting detail i like painting small stuff um 
just the concept of building and all that kind of stuff is not for me. I don't, I don't know what it is. I like the paint. I don't really like the knives. And we saw that when you uh, did your box opening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, One of those was real. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Uh, uh, converting stuff is weird. Like, I used to love it as a kid. And I don't know whether it's just because, like, we joined Warhammer and it was everything was, like, half of it was completely unavailable. Half of what was in the list, half, you know, it was just they didn't sell, they didn't make yet. So you kind of had to build your own stuff. Uh, like then there's kind of like Necromunda where everything was just you built it out of whatever you could find. But now I, the thought of making something that I can't duplicate really stresses me out. And I, I don't know why. Um, so I kind of get it. Like I kind of get it like having. But it's, it's really rewarding when you make your own one individual thing, though, right? It is. It's super rewarding. You kind of look at it and think I have that and no one else in the world has that. And unless someone else has actually had the same idea, because it's not that original idea, but <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So. Yeah, that's wicked. What's next on the painting? What's next on the paint table? Um, as soon as I get that done, I'm going straight onto the College of Fire for something we will talk about later, which Absolutely. is probably obvious because it's a College of Fire on a Blood Bob podcast. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I'm going to jump on that at the end of this week and try and get that out done really fast. I've, got, I've done a couple of test models now, so I've got the scheme in mind and I've got a couple of ways to speed up as well, so be fun yeah uh, absolutely fantastic um i have done very little hobby one thing i have done is print out a lot of stuff so i've got my college of beasts team printed i've printed a bunch of the um brute fun lizards because that was what people requested for the next printer pitch and i went to games workshop to buy some contrast paints and yeah Got some contrast paints, got some very expensive primer, and it was all right. I also got <laughs> I also got silver because um, I, I was like, ah, oh, you know, we've got this eight mil heresy stuff brewing up, and I was like, oh, if mm. I'm going to do night lords, I kind of just want to spray them silver and use a blue contrast and have it magically yeah, painted. Um, it didn't work at all. I bought the games workshop. Really? So, yeah, it it just was garbage, absolute well, the garbage. Can just didn't work. No, the can worked. It paint sprayed it silver, and then I put the contrast paint over it, and it just was rubbish. Like wow, okay, I, I, yeah, really gutted. I I had some random BattleTech stuff that I'd printed, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna actually paint some BattleTech. This is gonna be cool, and it just it was garbage. So uh, I'm gonna get across oh. to Entoyment soon and buy some of the army painter speed paint stuff see if mm -hmm. that works because i really do not want to be highlighting individual eight mil dudes that's just i'm i'm not okay with that <laughs> what i want to do is spray them a color and then paint the contrast on and then have them basically be painted like that that's my yeah. goal that's my absolute goal i've even gone to the i've gone to the the the, the extent of making the bases with holes in for the marines okay so the textured bases you just stick the marines in and it, maybe i'll put a little bit of sand i mean realistically i'm probably not going to bother i'll just put a little bit of static grass over it and it blends in like jobs are good and so yeah mm -hmm. did some printing that was nice and then the last week i have achieved very little uh outside of sleep i haven't really even eaten much um which is weird although i have lost five pounds that's quite good so yeah but that's just out of not doing anything and uh, that's been cool and yeah got my new job which is wicked um Congratulations. So, yeah thank you i'm proper chuffed with that it's a year project so that's really good although i'm now in the transition space where i've got two 
jobs and a third job technically as well because i'm on a secondment from a secondment so i okay, it's not not much going on there <laughs> yeah it's an interesting one the actual project that we're going to be working on is is massive like it's it's monumentally massive and it's it's basically like software design as well it's just it's just I'm just in this absolute realm space that I'm not qualified for at all. And yet <laughs> I'm well in there and I understand what I'm doing. It's wicked. It's so good. I was like, oh, where did you go to uni? And I went to no university. Uh, and mm. they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, but we need to do this now. And they're like, yes, we do. I'm like, that's right. Let's do this. Let's go. Leroy Jenkins software design for a big company is hilarious. Um, but sh don't tell anyone. You can write whatever you like on your CV. No one will ever question it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no so that's good that's been really good um and tiff has just been absolutely binging nintendo games on mm -hmm. multiple switches which has been nice that's kind of her life at the moment and she's getting back into animal crossing videos and stuff she texted me earlier she was like can you teach me how to edit i'm like yes because i keep joking that like that she should quit her job and just edit blah blah videos for me um and I think I'm one step closer now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just one bad day of for her at work away from her quitting and becoming a full time editor. I'm like, that would be great. Ooh. Love all the content. You just focus yeah, on filming. Exactly. It'd be so good. It'd be so good. Um and then what else we got? Oh yeah, working on stuff for Dorset Dungeon Bowl. Uh I'm I'm very close to getting the stuff printed all the dungeons are designed all the graphics are done uh i'm just trying to get a proof printed and sent but the company doesn't do it so it's kind of like a 300 pound gamble for the pictures mm -hmm. uh but you know i think we might just do it it'll be fine i'm just yeah. i'm just worried that they have, like there's gloss and then there's super gloss and... i know i you we've, we've played on some that are just like just a bit too glossy I'm worried that the, they might be a bit glossy, uh, but you can't get matte double-sided print. It's, it's all really aggravating, and I think it'll be fine. If, as long as people can play on them, which they absolutely will be able to play on them, then that's all that matters, really. Mm -hmm. If it's a bit shiny, it's a bit shiny. If there's a spare, we could test test the corner of them with some matte varnish or something, who knows? <laughs> that's it, yeah. that's Well, I kind of wanted to be able to film with them, and that's mm -hmm. that's why it's not really a thing, right? Because if you play D and D battle mats, they're all they're all technically gloss, right? None of them are produced. Oh yeah, matte. those yeah yeah. And you know what? They work just fine. Like it's fine. You can play games on them and have a great time, and it's no problem. And even the dungeon bowl tiles are pretty glossy. Like we got quite a bit of reflection. Even the blooming blood bowl pitches are a, a little bit shiny. Um, mm -hmm. So that's quite cool. So that's all. All ready to go. We're a couple of months out now, which is very exciting. I am super psyched. If you're interested in coming to Dorset Dungeon Bowl, we've got less than 10 tickets left. So so jump in there and, and book them up because um, there is a hard cap because it is at Entoyment. And because of the size of the pitches, uh, it is capped at 40 because there's going to be not really any space beyond that. So, uh, yeah, if you if you if you want to come and win a trophy, the trophy, the, I'm going we, we're going for the biggest Dungeon Bowl event in the south possibly the only but that's fine uh then you know could be cool could be prestigious could be wicked i'm excited for this this is going to be such a laugh i'm so. i'm so excited like this is just something special and like 11s is great sevens is better but this mm -hmm. is unique 
this is really yeah. something special we've set the dungeons we've built that oh, it's just going to be really great fun and that's what we're talking about on the podcast today so uh games oh, you pl- have you played you've played 40k you played a oh, game. I did have a game for 40k against you the did? end yeah yeah the alternate activation thing which is like little rule set me and some friends screwed up um I don't know if I spoke about that on the podcast, but yeah, it's just basically it's 40k 9th edition, but you activate units alternately, and there's a couple of little rules changes to allow for that. And it's been in the works for a few years since 8th edition. And yeah, Ian was just like, hey, can I give that a try? I'm some interest in trying 40k in different ways. And I was like, that's not like you. And um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I um, a game against him and crushed his dreams. You usually happens when I play Ian with 40k. Every time you play Ian. I don't mean to. I, I, I had my list because all the stuff I painted. I'm just like, yeah, I'm excited to use the stuff I painted. And he brought his list, which is like the basic Marines that have like bolt guns against all my vehicles. And I'm just like, oh, I should have just brought boys. <laughs> I should have just brought orc boys. It would have been more fun for him. But I need to stop doing this. Every uh, time I play Ian, I accidentally the... have a list which just... It just counters everything he wants to do which yeah. is which is hilarious like i sent him my list first but i then he took out me everything you painted versus everything he painted and no rock yeah. destroyed scissors <laughs> and uh you know but i, I love you it was bits, fun it was but... fun and he enjoyed it and the, the, the kind of the thing with alternate activation is that you still get a chance to do you like play the game. It's not like wait for the opponent to take their first turn, kill all your stuff, and then is, give up. Is that a humble brag to say? It could it would have been worse if you played with the real rules? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. Oh, Games Workshop, just <laughs> making, making great games. Oh, uh, anyway, one game that is genuinely great is Blood Bowl, and we are going to move over now to the biggest Blood Bowl event ever probably and that is going to be the NAF World Cup 2023 and the biggest event ever in Blood Bowl history was the World Cup 4 now we are headed into 2023 next year and it should be the world cup five and if you look at the growth of the world cups between years i think the first one had 270 something players and then it it went up and then it went up and then they had uh 1400 i think in um in the last one in uh dornberg now ben and i were going to go through the naf forum uh, because there's a really good breakdown of the process and how it happens and timelines. Unfortunately, the NAF website, renowned for their tech savvy, <laughs> is uh, has had a, an, an error 500. So uh, we are still going to talk about the World Cup. It just mm, it's going to be from memory uh, on this one, so it won't be a massive <laughs> segment. Now. And I haven't seen it, so this is going to be quite a challenge. No, this was this was this was our opportunity to kind of talk through what happens with the NAF and and the World Cup and and what's coming up, and then Ben can ask questions because he's not been involved. And uh, hmm. to be fair, I wasn't involved with the World Cup, so we'll start at the top. BT, the NAF is a player association for Blood Bowl that was really big and really important to the continuing kind of being aliveness of Blood Bowl. Um, obviously, Games Workshop are kind of moving into a position of power, and there's a load more Blood Bowl players that are coming in via Games Workshop now than through the kind of 
Mason chapters of the NAF as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Now, I started Blood Bowl in the original edition and then came back for a bit and then went away again and then kind of it sparked when the 2016 set came back for me. That's when it got mm -hmm. really, it's when I really fell into it. And you kind of a few years after that? Yeah, about 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of joined through Games Workshop as opposed to Blood Bowl. Essentially. Yeah. And obviously us at Wobble tricked you into it. Um, most, yeah. most importantly of all. So the NAF is a player association and every four years there is a Blood Bowl World Cup. And this is the bit where I try to remember from from memory. Uh, and I didn't copy it into the show notes because I was like, it's fine. We'll just have the thread up and we can talk through it on screen. Anyway, um, every four years, there is a World Cup. The last one was run by Torsten and it was in Dornberg. And like I said, they had 1,400... Dornburn. Dornburn, thank you. That, that, yeah, well done. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, see, by memory. Some World Cup knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, the way it works from a bidding process is that if you want to host the World Cup, you have to put together uh, a business case, essentially, to the NAF to say, hey, this is where we want to host it. This is what's available. This is what the prices are likely to be. This is how we're going to run the event. This is what we can provide. And the NAF, I think uh, there's a group of quite a few. I can't remember if it's 30 or 60 people are going to vote based on these bids. Now, in the last session, and this is one thing that isn't an F thing that I was going to look at as well, they've they they hosted some of the like older bids. Um, I went through and looked a little while ago because there was an absolute cracking one for the Isle of Wight a few years ago. It might have been the one before. Oh. It might have been the last one. I know, Ben. I know. I was like, this would be perfect. <laughs> um, and then so just after the last World Cup, um, Rob Secret Carnage, Rob was working together with some welsh players to put together a bid for wales now the apocalypse is here and everything really has changed um and when i say the apocalypse in this regard i do mean coronavirus but there was a, a huge backlash from the last world cup um which i again i, I did want to go through because it is really important that we go through it but we'll stick to the world cup at the moment I was expecting to see Isle of Wight. I was expecting to see Wales. And you know what? There were only two bids made. And it is Lyon in France and Alicante in Spain. So those are the two bids that have been put forward. Now, timeline-wise, I believe voting starts for the NAF, um, not general populace, but the NAF kind of selected, the NAF, the NAF selection committee. I don't know if that's what they're called, but that's what they're called now. We'll make the choice and i think it's published on the 13th of march so the, this podcast is coming out on what the 5th of march uh, so i wanted to get this out now because this is kind of a prelude now when it comes around to the one the selection being made and it public being published hopefully we'll have a bit of uh, a bit more detail on the bid and everything like that so we can talk about it on the next episode and believe me we will be going after the organizers to get them on to talk through what's going to be great because we missed out on the World Cup because we're kind of just getting into Blood Bowl on a medium level and weren't necessarily well up for spending a couple of grand to go and play Blood Bowl. That's not... Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a huge investment. I, I am there now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the channel is, is there now, I think, where this is something that I, I just... 
it can't be missed if you can attend it and i think the difficulty was the last time the world cup came around we kind of got super into blood ball with less than a year to go so we were like oh there's a world cup going on later this year that's pretty cool uh didn't realize that it was going to be 1400 players you know this world cup i would imagine it will be 2000 you know but we should know more around about the 13th but it will either be alicante in, in spain um or leon in france so my both first... awesome locations to be fair yeah yeah i mean they, they both look really really nice and the stuff that's around there looks really really nice there's there's a couple of things from a naf point of view that that has to happen at the the world cup essentially um and that was what that thread was and i wanted to kind of go through it but from memory it's got to be three days got to be nine rounds um it is a team tournament so we'll we'll talk more about what happened last time i think in a minute because i think it's really important to do that um so it has to be three days has to be nine rounds and what else is there they've put a stipulation there that it should be around about september but there, there was a bit of chatter from the Leon group, like how fixed on that are you? So I don't know what they've got planned. The bids are secret until they're published. So we could see somewhere, I, I think August would be terrible. Um, like either of these places. Yeah, summer holiday, right? Summer it's holiday. their peak destination, peak destination for summer, yeah. summer trips. You know, mm -hmm. September, October, I think is probably a really great point in time. Like and it's also it's... worth noting even that time of year both these places are going to be hot <laughs> yes so... yeah which is yeah which is good and bad um you know yeah. I, I, it might be nice to be warm it might be horrible to be warm <laughs> as a gamer the venue is yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah you're right alicante is is kind of southern spain like it's just across the water from mm -hmm. algiers uh you know it's oh. <laughs> It's uh, it's good. Oh, God, it looks nice though, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it will be nice. And this is it. Like the World Cup is is not just about Blood Bowl. Like this is a very long way to go to play three days of Blood Bowl. Like I was so impressed with people traveling down to Bournemouth to play two days of Blood Bowl. Right, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's that's okay. That's a few hundred quid for a good weekend away of, of game. Like that's cool to go play games and come home. If you're traveling abroad to go mm. to a tournament, it it goes beyond a tournament at that point and uh talking it through with tiff tiff's like i'm coming like <laughs> let's go like <laughs> let's turn this into a holiday let's let's take let's take the week off let's go let's spend some nice time i can boot you around or you know while you're at the tournament and i don't know it just it seems like an adventure like a, an actual real i don't want to say once in a lifetime because i'm hoping that this is a four yearly thing but that might be just where my head is you know we've, we've just got married last year within the next four years is it likely that i'm gonna be able to go away with tiff to play blood bowl we may have a kid you know gee it was four years you know we may have two kids um kind of hope not <laughs> some hobby hobby progress what if we have twins what if we try and have kids and we end up having twins man what if we had triplets like there's no chance we go to the world cup um you know four That's years in-house tournament yeah, and it will be trust me um yeah. but i mean four years is a, is a massive amount of time um one mm -hmm. year well one and a half years out now so this is looking to be around spain around spain around september time and it's looking to be in either france or spain i assume they have to go with one 
We'll talk about the last World Cup and some of the difficulties that were had in there. But I mean, Ben, what's your initial thoughts about traveling to a different country to play in a Blood Bowl tournament, a game tournament, any tournament? I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Um, I uh, like. I, I just think it would be so awesome to meet people from around the world who play this hobby because it is a, such a, a global hobby. I mean, you get people from like America's coming here. You get people from Asia going there, and obviously all of the countries in Europe where it's a huge deal, and in both the countries, France and Spain, blood bowl has a huge presence. It really, um, I think, I think I, it really does. I think those are probably the two. Yeah. I don't know. It might be bigger in America. I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure, to be fair. Um, it's big. Like, I, I definitely know. Like, it would be. It is big there, and I think. I it, just in terms of the destinations. I mean, I've been to Alicante a few times. I've, I've been to France many times. I've specifically been to Lyon, but um, absolutely beautiful places. And just being in that whole new environment with a whole bunch of new people, I just think that's awesome. It's awesome. It's so cool have the I, I use cool relatively we all know how cool it is um but it's just so cool to um have this as like a sport like an actual world sport like this doesn't happen with a lot of things and blood bowl is still a relatively niche hobby it feels in times it's a niche part to of a niche hobby a world yeah exactly but to have a world cup for it i think that's incredible and naf do have their um there's some rough edges with the naf um there's some things that have gone on in previous things, which would, but I think it's just fantastic that they're still doing this because what a way to celebrate the hobby. And at a time that's obviously a little bit like, you know, the world's coming together for other reasons, some pretty serious reasons. I think like, it's just awesome that people can gather over this. I, I completely agree. Like blood bowl is so feudal. Like when it comes to leagues and the way we do things and the way we do things at my league and the way we do things in our league and the way like some people are, you know, old school NAF survivalists, you know, I lived through the dark age and now we're back in this new, it, they, they, it's, it's quite disparate and every group has its own vibe, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then boom, you have this, this worldwide celebration of Blood Bowl. I think you called it exactly right, Ben. And that is just so awesome like <clears throat> it's i think it's less about the competition than it is just about having a bunch of have going and doing this thing like awesome i am so up for it now how do you feel about it being called the world cup because it's a weird one because <laughs> you can you just build a team now I guess this is probably the best opportunity to go and talk about how the last one went at Dawnburn. Um, I didn't go. It was, you know, it was three years ago. So it was kind of like, I don't know. It was a big investment for me. Not not the right time in my life to be able to go and do something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a team tournament with six or seven players. So you would have six playing players in every round. That's nine rounds, and you could have a seventh player who could sub in. Not from a, like, ooh, I think we'll run dwarves against this setup. It was just a case of, ah, oh, this person's playing this round, this person's not playing this round. I get, like, from a from an operational point of view, I think, like, I, I love that. 
I think that's so good to be able to be like, you know what, you've traveled, uh, you may be tired. Uh, you may you may want to rotate a player out every round so they actually get a bit of rest, so you actually get a bit of time. That bit of flexibility, I think, was awesome. Um, team tournaments, uh, we played a team, we ran a team tournament, didn't we? There's four players on the team. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, yeah. The Fobble Wobble Cup, and that was awesome. Like, that was so exciting. So team events, absolutely brilliant. Now, how this one's going to be structured, we don't know uh, whether it's going to be six players or not. Um, now, the reason I ask you how you feel about it being called the World Cup is because I remember that Rich didn't like the fact that it was called the World Cup because it was an open event as opposed to invitational. He was like, well, the World Cup is, you know, like we've got the England team and we've got the Spain team. But whereas the World Cup here, from a Blood Bowl point of view, you just build a team and sign up. You, you know, you pay your money, you take your your choice, you, you kind of sign up. Uh, and I think, mm -hmm. like, it's a, it's a pointless semantic thing. I think it's the World Cup because the World Cup is the big thing in football, in soccer. And I think it's the... I mean, I'm looking at their website here and it says... That, so we could get on the NAF one, but they've got a little banner on the old Dornburn website. Which had it was uh, thirty eight countries, six continents, one thousand four hundred twenty nine coaches. That's that's a World Cup, eh? yeah. Thirty eight countries, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's just so cool. Fantastic. Now I don't know what the format's going to be. I don't know what the skills are going to be, and I don't know how that's going to work. The last World Cup had a pretty complicated build, um, where there were multiple tiers and multiple skills and each day had its own kind of like and then on day two you get this and then on day three you get that i think if you're playing nine games with a team you've got to have uh, an element of complexity there beyond it um and i cannot mm. wait for the announcement of uh, the builds now if you are a blood bowl podcast listener there is a, a podcast called the world cup report which is uh two of the guys from two of the american podcasts and when the last world cup went through they broke down some great rosters for every one of the races given the skills and it was awesome really great podcast 10 out of 10 recommended if you're excited for the world cup just go back and listen to the old edition if it's still out because it's really good fun we will be doing the same thing because it's exciting you know we're going to look at the build we're going to look at the teams we're going to look at some example rosters because it is such a cool thing um so it'll be a team-based event it'll be nine games probably over three days we don't know what the build's going to be we don't know what the rules are going to be we don't know what the timings are going to be we don't know what the location's going to be but it's going to be really exciting. Now, can you imagine running an event for 2,000 gamers? Because let's be realistic, <laughs> right? It was 1,400 last time. The world has got worse now, but Blood Bowl has got bigger. And even though I think the world has got worse, I still think that the Blood Bowl getting bigger and the fact that we've all been inside for two years is kind of going to be like, you know what? Let's do this special thing. And I think we'll see more growth than we will, you know, like um, staticness to it. I don't know. What do you What yeah. do you think? What's your prediction for the amount of players in this one? I would expect it to be more, um, purely because of the new edition and the fact that we've all been kind of stuck inside for a while and desperate to get abroad and i think this is a good excuse to do that yeah. um that at least it is for both me and you yeah, yeah. Oh, and and your wife <laughs> yeah yeah um even if even if your wife is coming to a blood Bowl tournament that shows how 
desperate times are and and um, the the old bids uh, <laughs> that i looked through um were really really well put together they were like hey and if you're bringing uh, other halves and families this is all the stuff that goes on while you're gaming really cool mm-hmm. like the way they put the bids together yeah, that is last cool. time so important um, they seem to partner with like tourist um, companies and things like that as well. Yeah, I think, that... I think the, the France, the last one was. I think the Leon bid, um, I saw a couple of bits that they posted. They've done a really good job on their social media. They posted about them potentially partnering up with a beer company, <clears throat> which is dangerous. But oh, also that's fantastic. Awesome, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, Supply some cakes. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Uh, they've both got Facebook pages and they're both selling on the angle of like the location's gorgeous, the food's amazing. There's a load of touristy stuff to do around there. And you know what? That's all super important if you're running a big event. That was probably one of the downsides about the big event we ran is that there was some stuff, but it was closed because it was February. And we, you know, uh, even the noodle house that we went to was so busy. Uh, (laughs) Bournemouth is really nice when it's not grey and rainy. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of horrid. I imagine that Leon or Alicante in uh, the end of summer going to be pretty swish Mm. now running an event for 2000 plus blood bowlers is is a monstrous task and there were some really great lessons learned from the last world cup and the chap who ran it torsten um put together a a really great after action report just sort of detailing some of the stuff that went wrong and the most important thing to remember, and this I think is why we've only seen two bids, is because this is like all blood. Like there is no money to be made running blood bowl events. Okay, every time we run a blood bowl event, we lose hundreds of pounds. Running a blood bowl event for two thousand people, tens of thousands of pounds. Okay, so you've got volunteers, mm-hmm. and it's just all being run by people who want to make something special to make an event special. And Torsten broke down some of the difficulties they had last time uh, with the software and the preparation. And you know what? I'm reading through it. And I'm like, yeah, we've had that happen at our tournament when we had 80 people. You know, is there a problem with software? Not exactly, but actually you have to... Someone's dropped out. Someone's turned up in someone else's place. You know, someone's turned up with a different roster and you don't know why. And, you know, you've got that. And then multiply it by 50, mm-hmm. right? So... They had some difficulties with that. There was some uh, some skill ring issues last time that I imagine we won't see repeated this time. Awesome idea. The whole idea was like, actually, you know what? We are playing in a multilingual setting. You know, Ben, you and I, we go play at the World Cup. We're going to be playing against somebody who doesn't speak English and I don't speak their language. You know, although whether we go to France or whether we go to Spain, I will learn French or Spanish. I love languages. You'll learn it. I will learn it to a good standard. Fluent, fluently. Not, You've got not, not 18 fluent, months but, to you know, speak. <laughs> somewhere between fluent and English tourists just being louder. Okay. So, you know. I've... We'll, we'll take lessons together and then we'll do a podcast in that language. Do you know what? I think that would be amazing. And we've actually, a couple, a couple of Germans have actually said that as well. Like one of some of our German listeners really? are like, oh, do it in German. I'm like, oh, I just offend you all with my terrible German. Uh, also, <laughs> yeah, lost German in year nine. I love German. German's a great language, but I don't know. You know, Spanish would be great. France, French would be great. Um, it, it could be really cool. And yeah, I think that's a great little shout. And we'll do a we'll do a segment in whichever language. Just one segment, maybe hobby, you know, mm. something like that in in the language. Anyway, complete by the by. 
it's just a really paint a team in time let alone learn a language <laughs> yeah, languages are easier <laughs> that's what commuting time's all about um not that either of us commute really anymore uh, <laughs> no duolingo it's amazing anyway this is just so special and uh, it's a big event if you're running this this is a huge undertaking and these people are doing it for the love of it and that must be the most important thing that we remember when we run a blood bowl tournament it doesn't go as well as we want it to we disappoint you know i don't know a couple of people right out of 100 when you've got 2000 people if you disappoint a couple of people out of 100 you've disappointed 50 people that's not good maths but that's the kind of vibe you get right and um and it, it, it's just it's big and i don't know about you man but every time you do anything there are a bunch of people that think it's great and there are always people who think it's not good that could be better and actually we've got to be really aware going into this world cup that it is not professional this is not wizards of the mm -hmm. coast running an event this is players getting together and running something monumental and we need to just this is a, probably the biggest lesson from the last world cup is that this is a player run volunteer event no one's making any money out of this uh this is a game day that you're, you're sharing and i i would love to be involved in running the world cup but it is just i, I can't comprehend like daunting you know i do a lot of a lot of big project work at work but you do that with a lot of big big project teams and big project money this is blood bowl there's there's no money to be made um and there's only fun to be had that sounds really corny but... and there's only there's only so much time in the day to do it. it like this isn't like if it was full time like work that would make sense but you know even though we do this podcast in spare time and yeah i mean you do this podcast and videos and editing on top of that so it's a lot a lot to handle um that'd be a sweet so career a if it could undertaking for everyone but yeah, yeah <laughs> the world cup is is going to be monstrous and so exciting but i, I guess and I, I don't want to finish on a negative note but also uh last time 1400 people went uh how many people do you think play blood bowl then <laughs> You know, I don't. I remember. I remember this kicking off. So I, I was still quite new to Blood Bowl at the time, but I remember this being pretty. It was like, a, pretty vocal. It was a big flashpoint um, because I think there was quite a. I think it was a really difficult point in the NAF's existence because there was so much fresh blood, and the NAF was mm -hmm. just this thing that people did not understand. You know, um, all of us kind of came back to it. And I, I used to be a member of the NAF. I don't really remember why, because someone signed me up at a tournament and I got some sweet dice. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll have some dice. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like if you look at Wobble, like 20, 30 coaches, four NAF, maybe five NAF, like, and it's it's kind of like that's a huge proportion of people that are like who are these people running the world cup like why are they this why is it bad like what is going on and i think i think there's there's this there's there is this definite view that something called the world cup being run by an organization was going to be an esports event run by a uh, a team of people that put on promotional events it's not this is 
that this is for gamers by gamers and that was definitely not understood by a lot of the people coming in and this is why we're going to be talking about the, the world cup as it goes along is because if you want to go go if you can afford it you've got time go but you are going to go play at a tournament run by some dudes that love blood bowl you are not going to be playing in an official esports t-sports event it's gonna feel like it it's going to be costed like it i think that's probably a really big thing that happened last time is they were like it cost me you know it cost our team like a grand to sign up and then 10 grand to travel uh you know and it's just a tournament well yeah it is just a tournament so and this is why I didn't go last time. It's because I was like, hang about, I'm, that's a load of money to go play Blood Bowl. I can play Blood Bowl at home. Well, that was me. That's my view. It was, was very different. And my view is very different now. But 1,400 people went last time. We've got 10,000 viewers on YouTube, 10,000 subscribers. And that there's 25,000 people signed up to the Facebook group. There's got to be, I don't know, a quarter of a million Blood Bowl players out there. Casuals, mm -hmm. regulars. You know, maybe half a million. That's what three percent of blood bowlers went last time. Um, so don't worry about being one of the ninety-eight percent of people that don't go to the World Cup. Um, like if you can't afford it, if it doesn't work for you, you, you it's blood bowl is blood bowl, and hanging out, and going to tournaments is great no matter where you go so if you're just coming out of pool you know if you're coming to one of our events if you're going to the NAF championship they're all special independent events and if you can't make it to the world cup don't worry about it there'll be coverage there'll be stories there'll be pictures and if you miss out it's just three days of blood bowl but if you can go you will be part of something that is incredibly unique and it's also very special but you know it's 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 just it's not what you'd want it to be. I'd want this to be run by Games Workshop once a year and have it be properly done. And I want Sean Plot Day Nine to be there with Marshall Sutcliffe doing coverage. Uh, <laughs> but Blood Bowl is not is not that. Blood Bowl is a game you play with friends, mm. and this is going to be a gamer run event for gamers by gamers. It just happens to be a really big one in a really cool place, and that's the most important thing to remember i think sorry to be a bit of a, a not a downer but i think this is a case of this is not like the pro tour for magic this is just an awesome yeah 100% gamer event um now ben you're going let's assume we make mm. it let's assume it all ties in nicely it runs ahead we go uh from a player point of view what would you want out of the event oh god I think, I think I'd like an opportunity to just sort of like talk to a lot of people. Like it's because this is something which, like, just just having the different like like we said earlier, but all these different countries just to sort of like see like how they play or like how they paint their teams. Like I, I know there's paint, there's good painters all across the world. But you do seem to find some of the stuff that comes out of like Spain and Italy. Miniature painting is just phenomenal. And I think I'd like to see all these like teams and just, yeah. I, I just want to go around talking to people, seeing their teams, getting painting tips, getting playing tips, all that kind of thing. I think it would just be, it's just this big social opportunity. I'm just desperate to. 
yeah that's that's awesome so one thing from magic events that i thought was really good that maybe could translate uh you, you know you've got two thousand coaches um if they use right well team events dropouts are a huge issue right if you've got a team of six and it's a six-man team event some teams might have seven if they're going to go for that route and have a spare so that if one of them's ill or hung over they can't play but you're going to have to manage this odd man out situation so there's going to be a lot of coaches that either are waiting for a game or are on a buy okay that don't get to play <clears throat> side events are done so well in grand prix for, for magic the gathering uh you can go you can play if you you know you don't make day two or something but you're there for the weekend you can go and take place in a side event one thing i think would be awesome is a zone where you can play sevens so if you don't get a game <laughs> if you drop out if you know the, your opponent doesn't turn up or you know whatever or you're the spare man or something actually have a little mini sevens event going on along the side actually you know what guys uh, i'll sit this round out i've got two hours i'll go play a game of sevens i just have that little side event because you might just i don't know in it, it, uh magic the gathering grand prix you know you could go you could play in the standard event and but they'd also have like drafts going on and sealed events going on if you're like commander yeah exactly so you know what well, I, I lost i'm done you know i've got two hours before the next round ah, let's go let's go have a draft let's go play a game of sevens i don't know let's go let's go play a dungeon ball game i just <laughs> think there's so much fun stuff around blood Bowl. i like yeah i like how the attitudes of us this hobby are so different like you asked me like what do you want to get out of it i'm just like i just want to see people and their toys and you're like right logistics <laughs> is if this event happens how can we address that and how can we make it entertain like <laughs> and i'm just like toys uh, yeah i mean i think it is fair for, toys. but you know you, you travel to the world cup yeah we'd right um i work with a guy called james jim uh, he was at Beachhead. Mm -hmm. He didn't play Blood Bowl because he's a fool. He played in the Age of Sigmar tournament. He went 0-3 on day one and then turned up on day two, as you should. And his first game was a bye because his opponent didn't turn up because they I went 0-3 on day one and turned up and well, I'm not going to bother. So James then spent three and a half hours doing nothing. Now, he was hungover. So Jim was mm -hmm. like, you know what? This is fine. Like, first opponent didn't show up. I can just go get some breakfast, chill out, go look at people's models and have a nice time, see what's going on, go chat with Ben, you know, on the Blood Bowl side, you know. Uh, and then um, and then Jim rocked up to round five and uh, his opponent didn't turn up again. So he got another buy. So Jim spent his entire day two, that's two matches, that's six hours of his life doing nothing. And that's money that he yeah, paid. That's, that's time that he... All right, he hadn't travelled because he lives in Bournemouth. But, you know, he'd still taken time out to do that. And if you're playing in the World Cup, yeah, nine games. You know what? If you have to skip one game, you know what? There are going to be a ton of people that are like, you know what? That's fine. You know, it's, it's game it's game seven. I've, I've won one game. It's absolutely fine. Like, I don't mind. Like, I'll just, just go sit and drink myself happy or you know that's okay but just it you've got a budget for those buy uh situations for those player drop situations and that is a massive logistic issue that oh i don't know and, and you know ben you and i are games masters right we are dungeon masters that's 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 who we are we build things that don't exist so that people have things that don't exist that they are real we're world builders and 
I want people to be able to do stuff. I, you know, if I'm going to travel to Leon, I don't want to not. I'm going to go there to play Blood Bowl, and you've got to have stuff yeah. going on, and that's that's probably a, a really that is very true. This is that's I think one of the bits of feedback from the World Cup last time was like we travelled a really long way to do this and it's gone wrong and I've just spent four hours waiting for stuff and that's not great because I've mm -hmm. travelled this far. I mean I felt bad that there's you know some people who travelled like a couple of hours, you know, for our tournament and there was like a, a five minute delay into into one of the rounds. I was like, oh, this is the worst thing mm -hmm. in the world. Like I've killed these people's families. This is terrible. You know that's how I felt emotionally. But you know imagine that they travelled from around the world and instead of having three games on one day it goes down to two because of massive issues and stuff like it's just that's the stressor for me that's i guess why i go straight mm -hmm. into logistics um i don't know man this just makes me want to run the 2027 world cup but i feel like that would be bad but also would be amazing and we could do it in the uk and and uh, even if europe hates us there's um, time there's time to consider that oh yeah. that's a lot of planning yeah yeah a lot, lot of planning and potentially children in the meantime. Uh, I don't know. Just have to like keep buying cats uh, to, to buy, buy myself time. Um, yeah, interesting one. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see who wins. I don't care who wins. They both look like great people. They've both got great companies backing them up uh, as well, which is pretty cool. Um, last time... I think every World Cup or the last couple of World Cups, they've had a custom team designed for the World Cup uh, as well, which is pretty well, awesome. pretty sweet. So you can you know get your ticket and get your World Cup team. Like that's something pretty good. Fanath has signed up to support the Alicante bid, so I guess I'm leaning a bit towards that because Fanath do some real good stuff. And if Fanath make a World Cup team, I'm going to want to buy that team. Because I love Fana. Mm -hmm. In fact, they dispatched the high yeah, team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that should be coming soon. That'd be exciting. Um, yeah. So World Cup, we don't know anything more than that. Not really right now. But it's going to be a big gamer event run by great gamers just for a great game. And that's enough. That's more than enough. You know, this is this is a this is a this is a party, not a conference. And I think that's that's something mm -hmm. we've all got to be really 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 aware of because you know what guys parties are kind of fun so that's great anyway that's enough i think for the world cup for now until next episode <laughs> where hopefully we'll know more detail and we can hopefully grab some of the organizers and get them on uh but i think ben should we move on let's move on all right Okay, so Blood Bowl is many things to many people. You've got the hobby aspect, you've got the RPG story, franchise, character building aspect of League, and then you've got constructed play. And as far as rule sets go, it's a pretty tight rule set. There's some glaringly obvious FAQ issues, but actually it's probably only about 3% of the rules. So as far as Games Workshop games go, as far as competitive games go, Blood Bowl is in a pretty good place. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to constructed stuff, 
it's the best way to jam a bunch of games. Don't even think about a tournament as a tournament unless you're playing to really win. Think of it as a game day. And we are hosting something that we're super excited about in two months time on the 7th of May, Saturday, the 7th of May. We are hosting the Dorset Dungeon Bowl down at Entoyment. And this is just, I'm just so excited about it. We're going to gush about it. I'm going to gush about it. But uh, I guess the best thing to, to preface it is that it is a three game, one day Dungeon Bowl tournament. We're going to talk through the rules, Pat. We're going to talk about how it came around. But I'm just going to jump straight in, Ben. I was so excited for Dungeon Bowl to, to land. And. Mm -hmm. And then it did. I think we even talked about it in our predictions last year, right? And yeah, I, we did. I flippantly threw it out there like, oh, I'd love to see Dungeon Bowl come back. And then, boom, it landed. The box was marginally lackluster. The rules were fine. But the game itself is something special. And Ben, we managed to get a game in well, before the release date, I think. And I feel like you quite liked it. I love it. Like, it was, it was a weird game. But I think I think it embodied everything I wanted it to be, and it kind of there were things I thought it was going to be, and and then didn't think it was going to be, and yeah. But it's just um, I, I enjoyed every second of it, and it's kind of like made me want to replace regular Blood Bowl with playing that for a bit because I just find it so. So themey, so much fun, so goofy. And you are in luck. So Dungeon Bowl yeah. is Blood Bowl Underground, and. I mean, it varies from Blood Bowl in a bunch of different ways. Um, first of all, there's only one touchdown. To get the ball to do the touchdown, you have to run through a dungeon. That's a dungeon. You have to open treasure chests. There are treasure chests. A lot of them are bombs. Uh, one of them is the ball. And then using your guile and teleporters, there are also teleporters, uh, you have to get to your opponent's end zone and score the touchdown. And the first one to score one touchdown wins. And you don't even start with all your players on the pitch. You start with six and then can bring one on every turn via a teleporter. And the game itself, the mechanics are Blood Bowl. But this is literally such a unique experience when it comes to Blood Bowl. Every game is the same. Every decision is really different. And and I think, I don't know about you, Ben, but what, I like Blood Bowl because generally speaking, you are creating a story. And, you know, when it comes to a game of Blood Bowl, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of tropes okay there's a similar trope it's the two-turn touchdown score drive it's the cage up trope when it comes to dungeon bowl the story is similar but the map the positions the order where the ball is the teleporter randomness it plays out and every time you play a game of dungeon bowl you come away going that was weird and different yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah it's it's just oozing with character, and that's just... So, Dungeon Bowl first came out in 1988, which is amusing, because this is episode 88, and I was born in 88. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. So, I know, the trifecta of M8s there. Um, and it was different then. They've brought it back, they've got tiles, and we get now, because it is official, because Games Workshop have landed it, because they've brought it back almost to the masses you can't get the book on its own you can't get the tiles on its own and if you buy the box you're going to end up with some models you probably already have like that was a bit of a letdown now those are things that we absolutely faced into when it came to designing this tournament right ben because mm -hmm. those are those are some genuine i want to say concerns but those are factors 
the factors were that there are dungeon bowl teams and the dungeon bowl teams are mixed teams in a way it's not a case of choosing two teams it's a case of choosing the college list now we didn't necessarily want just colleges did we ben no i think having just colleges does restrict people somewhat we want people to be able to come to this not thinking like oh I, I need to make a college team because they can be quite like prohibitive to make if you if you're on like a budget and you want like a decent college team it can it can run you a fair bit of money having to get like source each of the each of the miniatures from various sources especially if you don't have access to like a printer um yeah so essentially if you just have a blood bowl team and you want to play dungeon bowl this is probably a really good way to do it because you can just bring a regular standard blood bowl team and that is a dungeon it, that is exactly it so this event if you have a blood bowl team you can come and play dungeon bowl and that was something that was really important to us when we we're kind of thinking about how can we do this when you when you play dungeon bowl at home you've got to have a team uh, if you play unfriendly you can run just a regular team against another regular team but if you want to play dungeon bowl if you're thinking and picking up dungeon bowl and going i would like to play dungeon bowl you're thinking i'm going to need a college team and i'm going to need a dungeon and yeah right well we are taking two of those things away we are providing dungeon maps we've got two on the day first and third round will be one map the second round will be the other side we've got double-sided dungeons being printed so that we can provide the map so you mm -hmm. don't need a dungeon to be able to play dungeon ball in the dorset dungeon ball and then like you just said ben we did not want everyone to go ah oh, i don't want to have to have a college team because i'm going to need at least an extra box of dudes and then i'm going to play college of life because i like the idea of having leap dudes in a dungeon that's wicked except i'm going to need nurgle and snotlings and halflings and wood elves and that's four teams and no 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 you can bring a college team if you're excited about dungeon ball and being able to mix your teams up and build a new roster you can we're allowing college teams but we're also allowing regular teams so if you've never played dungeon ball before you can come and compete if you've just got x team because that's the only team you like playing and you love running them at tournaments or you're just starting out and i've got nobility because i started with nobility bring it it's we're good to go and i think that's such a, a, a i don't know ben it's a bit of a like first first try is free um yeah essentially <laughs> like like it, it's a it's a really good opportunity to try dungeon mode yeah. even if you just want to do it and that's that's kind of what we, this, we want this to be this is this is not just a championship for dungeon bowl this is a kind of celebration of the game format is so it, you know whether you want to win whether you want to play dungeon bowl whether you just want to play blood bowl and do something different the Dorset Dungeon Bowl is absolutely here for you for that. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the rules pack. We're going to just talk about Dungeon Bowl and kind of how it plays and some of the, the great bits about it. So it is going to be on Saturday, the 7th of May at Entoyment. And it's going to be kicking off at 9.45 in the morning. So Entoyment in Pool is my favourite game shop. It's just, I think, probably the best game shop i've been to downstairs is just a veritable dragon's cave of stuff that you can buy of all descriptions board games toys historical stuff it's just wicked and then upstairs they've got a ton of gaming space but ben the best mm -hmm. thing for me about entoyment is the fact that they've got little qr codes on every <laughs> table i love this so much so 
you go to a tournament, you go to a game shop, you're like, right, where am I going to eat? Where's there to go? How do I get a drink? They've got a nice cafe area downstairs in the tournament. They do hot food. You can just be playing a game, go, hmm, I'm hungry, or hmm, I want a cup of tea. You scan the QR code and you choose what you want, and then Carl brings it to you, um, basically. And I just absolutely flipping love that. It's just such so good for a tournament. It is really nice. It's Yeah, it's really just... It's a lovely atmosphere. Everyone there is really nice, so... Yeah, I love it too. Groovy. So, yeah, it is going to be a three-game day. Registration, 9.45. First match, a quarter past 10, two and a quarter hours for a match. Now, Dungeon Bowl is a weird one, um, being that there's one touchdown. That's it. Now, I prefer to play Dungeon Bowl with three balls, but that's not the technical rules, and we wanted this to be as close to the technical rules as possible because it makes it easier for people to adjust to. And I guess makes it a little bit fairer. Um, so two hours 15 is what we would normally give for a full 11s match. You, it can be quicker, it can be longer, but there is going to be a time limit. I mean, Ben, when we played it, it was, I don't think it was two hours, was it? No, no, it would have been, it would have been about an hour and a half. And that was well yeah, learning. Exactly. It's about an hour and a half. And I think that was probably, that's probably about right now there will be some games that end within 45 minutes there'll be some games that are going down to the line and it's also a really important part of dungeon bowl and when we come to the scoring that's actually a factor uh anyway tickets are available on our website they're mostly gone there's i think seven or eight left now which is wicked and if you're interested in coming please let us know if this tickets are sold out because we, we could probably build a little reserve list um it is Dungeon Bowl. The rules are in the Dungeon Bowl book. There are some special rules to do with Dungeon Bowl. I feel like we've done a video on Dungeon Bowl rules. We've got a couple of playthroughs. Um, if you don't have the Dungeon Bowl book and you're interested in some of the rules, you can like let us know or we can do an extra video or you can just watch what we've done. But I think the key things there are the treasure chests and the teleporters and how you deploy your guys, Ben. But otherwise, everything's kind of mostly blob bowl mm -hmm. the way blocking works the way everything works there's one rule that definitely will come up though that is a genuine rule um which is jumping over prone players uh it's just not a rule you see in standard blob bowl very often mm -hmm. but because uh, it's often better to run around than it is to take a four plus five plus leap uh but in dungeon bowl corridor yeah <laughs> if you're in a corridor the best thing you can do is go over their body and fail it because you will still wake up on the other side and that's just yep. that's just huge um Matt... and, and also throwing balls off the wall that's <sighs> a freaky thing yes i think i think we do need to do a primer video for this i think so yeah that'd be good uh the most these are different things this is how you can do them yeah they put a special a special theory Thursday on, like introduction to Dungeon Bowl, the special rules that kind of, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Maybe, we'll, yeah, but I think we should definitely do that because uh, watch that video, listen to it, and we'll put it on the podcast feed as well. So if you're driving around, you can catch up and listen to it. Now, there's a bunch of rules in the rule book that we are not going to have to use, which is the setup of the dungeon. We've already built the dungeons. We've already placed the treasure chests. We've already placed... The uh, teleporters, well, technically, the teleporters are placed. The treasure chests are marked, but they will be randomly distributed. You will just, you know, you will put them out. One of them is going to have the ball. The rest are going to explode in your face, uh, which I think is a turnover because it knocks you down. So do not do that. 
willy-nilly, I guess is the thing. <laughs> so eligible teams. Now, Ben's already touched on this, but the Dorset Dungeon Bowl will be allowing the following rosters. All college teams in the Dungeon Bowl rulebook. So the College of Death is basically necromantic and undead without werewolves. That's the most straightforward team. There's the mm -hmm. College of Heavens, which is basically lizard men with some humans. There's Milton's favourite, the College of Metal, which is just anything strength four basically it's black orcs uh <laughs> with armor 10 all around yeah it's it's that's a gnarly one there's a college of beasts which i'm a big fan of where you can have three big guys to choose between minotaur rat ogre croxagore which is an interesting one all the the blood spawn you can have up to three of them mixed in however you like ben what's your favorite college at the moment i i like the college of light i was always at that really Got my attention because I the first thing I heard in Dungeon Bowl was throwing the balls around balls, and this seems like the team to do it because you get like the elf thrower, you get some, you get like the fast dudes. I think you get human catchers and elf blitzers. Yeah, so it's all pretty pretty fast. I think you get an ability lineman too, so you can um, fend off in the corridor, which sounds pretty handy, mm. pretty handy dandy too. So yeah, and like that team. I think the College of Fire is one of the strongest. Yeah. Um, you know, this is tunnel fighting. What do, you, what do you want in a tunnel? You want dwarves and you want big guys. And this has got ogres and dwarves mixed in with a little bit of corn. Uh, it's it's cool. It's really cool. Each of the college teams is pretty unique um, and it gives you different options. But uh, all standard Blood Bowl teams are also eligible. That's everything in the Blood Bowl rulebook. That's anything that's been released by a Spike magazine. And that's teams from the Teams of Legend PDF as well. So... 28 29 other teams so we've got eight college teams 29 other teams and we're also and this is going to be interesting we're also allowing the slan roster which is a naf only team there were many now there's only one which are space frogs that might be a sneaky great choice because of all the leap uh, sorry the pogo Ooh, stick yeah. so but yeah but yeah but slan are super expensive and they are very crunchy and you can leap and run around but there's no open space in a dungeon not not really yeah and it, being pushed against the walls isn't really a great thing in this you, you so. are gonna get smushed so um building your team one million gold that's it we're keeping it we're keeping it low okay we want to give you the dungeon ball experience so when you're building a college team you start with the million not 1100 as most tournaments are gone all teams will be allowed to spend 1 million gold pieces to draft their team no star players uh star players aren't crazy risking death in a dungeon is so no star players so you cannot be running hack phlegm in a dungeon this is going to be standard teams basically I mean, I don't know about you, Ben, but if I'm playing with a different rule set or a funny rule set or something that's different, extra extra complication with star players may not be the right thing anyway. Yeah, and like you just said with Hackblem as well, is that there's, you can kind of cheese it with stars. Morg in a tunnel is not really fun for anyone except Morg. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I did. I did kind of want. I did kind of want to allow giants though. Um, <laughs> But, got a crouch. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's incredibly questionable. Uh, yeah. So we didn't. So inducements wise, only bribes are allowed. Um, and teams of bribery and corruption do still get them at 50k. So they do get them. But otherwise, there are no inducements. Dungeon Bowl teams get uh, rerolls at 50k. Everybody else gets standard stuff as per their team list. So there's going to be nothing fancy when it comes to things like riotous rookies. There will be no master chef. It is going to be 
a bit of a bare bones thing, but actually the challenge here is playing a right blood bowl pvp dungeon bowl pvp ve i basically you, you're not just playing against the player you're playing against the terrain element as well i think is probably a fair does fair with description mm -hmm. and having, sure. having that extra difficulty not ideal that said we do have wizards now wizards are a massive part of dungeon bowl the whole point of dungeon bowl is that it's a competition put together by a college by a college by a collective of mad wizards and this is why we're keeping the tv so low is because in addition to the one million you get to build your team every team will have access to a college wizard from the dungeon bowl rulebook if you are a college team you get that college's wizard so if you're running college of fire you get the college of fire wizard if you are not running a college team if you're running a standard team or slan team, you're allowed to pick a college wizard instead. Now, in the Dungeon Ball rulebook, there are eight different wizards. They do different stuff. The fire wizard blows stuff up with fire. The shadow wizard teleports a dude. Uh, the beast wizard turns a guy into a beast and just gives him straight up a three-die block. <laughs> wow, and, okay. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And I, I'm so excited at the prospect of somebody being like, right, you know what? I'm going to take Underworld and we're going to use the College of X because I think I've got this cool combo. I've got this cool play where I can use the College of Shadow to bamf one of my gutter runners to the other side and do a clever play. It, it's just quite cool. So you, it's kind of 11, 11, 50, but you have to spend that money on a wizard. But as far as it goes, 1 million build, you get a free wizard. Now, there is a slight advantage to college teams. Now, we did this with uh, the Bonehead Bowl. Historically, mixed teams always had a little bit of an advantage to kind of incentivize it. Now, college teams are incentivized ever so slightly. Now, it makes sense that a college team is a little bit better at playing in a dungeon because that's what they do. So to compensate for the flexibility of choosing a college wizard and to represent the experience of playing in a dungeon, all college teams will receive one free team reroll at the start of each match. Uh, this Ooh, does not okay. need to be rostered. So basically that means, you know, the College of Fire only gets the Fire Wizard. If you're running Ogres, you're running Skaven, you're running Wood Elves, you just get to choose. So to compensate from, from that, uh, the college team gets an extra reroll and their rerolls are 50k so you, you get yeah, do bear that in mind if you're making a roster you think oh i really need my third reroll you're gonna get a free rolled yeah. one if you're running a college team uh, everybody mm -hmm. else though you get to choose a wizard instead so it's 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 interesting there's a there's an element of roster building in there and as the rosters carry on the best bit about a roster is you get to add skills now there are no tiers in dungeon ball there will be tiers of players, but there are no tiering systems that are really applicable when it comes to Dungeon Bowl. Um, so everybody gets 0-4 primary skills and 0-1 secondary skill to put on their players. No player can receive more than one skill. A primary skill may be selected instead of the secondary if you just want five primary, basically. And skills may be chosen from both the Blood Bowl rulebook or the Dungeon Bowl rulebook, because the Dungeon Bowl rulebook features some skills that are particularly useful in a dungeon. Um, so check them out. Oh, I've got a bit of a typo there. It literally says the Dungeon Bowl rulebook features some skills particularly useful. Well, I guess that that are particularly useful would have been better English. Anyway, efficient. <laughs> Clearly, I ran out of space and I was like, let's just take out half the sentence. I didn't even catch on to that. <laughs> it took me a while to read, so uh, yeah. sure it's fine. Five skills. One million build, a wizard, and five skills. 36, 37 teams to choose from. Uh... And within that, there's a combo of wizard for most of those teams. So there's plenty of flexibility. Ben, you're likely to be TOing. Mm. 
what would mm -hmm. your what would your choice be if you were playing um so i do like the light but the first thing we're going to be painting up is fire um for something we'll, we'll talk about in, or just after this segment um foreshadowing and yeah so i'd probably choose fire and normally and that's a team which is quite like dwarf heavy you know you've got block and stuff like that normally dwarves will take like guard However, I don't think that's useful in Dungeon Bowl because your guys move around on their own so much more. Um, corridors are narrow. Guard doesn't help too much. I think you start seeing more skills like Armbar. Honestly, that's probably not that bad oh, wow. in the context of Dungeon Bowl. Yeah, they're so, going to be dodging. They're going to be yeah, failing the dodges. They're dodging be, around you in a corridor. Dodging past you is going to be key. And you and I saw exactly. this when we played, wasn't it? It's was a case yeah. of I'm willing to just bomb this Skaven into the ground if it ends up on the other side of you. <clears throat> well, armbar gives the ground mighty blow so yeah that's yeah so i might i might be intrigued at trying something like that um bit of frenzy to get like an extra troll slayer is um like we mentioned before walls are really dangerous so if you can get just i think a is it a push is it an armor roll a push into a wall is an armor roll um no a push into a wall oh, you then roll another dice on a four plus it causes an armor it. roll yeah but still, i mean if you've got frenzy you've got two four ups you yeah. have a go at a free block basically so and that's yeah. why i'm excited about the college of beasts because you get bloodspawn and minotaurs and rat ogres so you get that highly strength mighty blow and you know all claw frenzy mm -hmm. you know if you can pull off a, a two or three die block that's going to get doubled you're going to have twice the opportunity and you start with only what six players on the pitch so yeah you know, if you can start removing them straight away, you can get a, quite a significant numeric advantage Advantage, you know, quite soon. And that's, again, very exciting when it comes to Dungeon Ball because you don't know when the ball's going to get found. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. It's really interesting. Uh, roster's due date, Saturday the 30th of April. That gives us a week to just make sure everything's all right. Because the rule set is a little bit different, it gives us that opportunity um, to just double-check everything out. And because it's going to be 40 people, not 70, uh, we're going to print out a roster. We can provide you with a roster um, to make sure it's right. Now, the scoring. This is something different, but this has been inspired by... <clears throat> um, some of the dungeon bowl tournaments that happened in the before times so how dungeon bowl tournaments used to kind of work is they would have time limits and at certain time limits the treasure chests would reveal what was inside them to kind of speed the game up that's no fun okay so when it comes to tournament scoring here we are giving you extra points if the game finishes within an hour now it is not likely to okay but as there is a one or zero outcome well actually one zero you win lose or draw but it's only winning by one touchdown max we needed that extra element of tiebreaker points so if you score a fast win if you win if you get through that dungeon grab the ball and score a touchdown within an hour you get 40 points a standard win 30 points a draw 20 points a slow loss so a normal loss, 10 points, and a fast loss is zero points. So if you need to hold out, you need to battle on there. Um, and this is going to be, I'm hoping, causing coaches to try and finish the game as soon as they can. I think so. Because uh, yeah. one thing that can happen in DB is you can tend to turtle. And actually, if you've got the opportunity here of winning quickly, you will score more points. And mm. that's kind of more fun for everybody. And also it incentivizes you to, you know, try and win um 
there's a couple of tiebreakers as ever at our tournaments you get casualties uh up to three per match we're giving three casualty points uh, sorry three bonus points for each casualty up to three every game now this is all casualties caused to your opponent's team during your turn count this includes blocking fouling secret weapons being hit by thrown players being pushed into a teleporter and being lost in space uh, yes, that is a rule, and I'm so happy that that is a rule. Uh, this this includes melting someone with a College of Fire wizard. Um, if you casualty an opponent's player during your turn, you get three points. That, that just yeah, do it. Chainsaw everything. Bomb. Just just get them gone. Get those three points three times, and then the next one we've found Ben when we're playing our dungeon ball games that once the ball is found the other treasure chests don't really do anything they are there just to yeah. i don't know be run around when you open a treasure chest it will cause a turnover you will have an armor roll made against your dude so naturally we're going to encourage you doing that um and uh, every treasure chest you open during the game whether it's got the ball in it or whether it just explodes you will get one extra bonus point so once the ball is found if you've got some players that aren't doing anything, if you've got some Noblars on the College of Fire team, you've got some Snotlings on the College of Life team, you can wander them around a dungeon and use them to get those explore bonus points. Just opening those treasure chests, blowing up, hopefully not dying, maybe taking out some opponent's pieces as well, but it makes those other treasure chests valid, like actually active in the game, mm -hmm. which I think was was quite important. Yeah, I think it puts a bit more risk in there, but makes it a bit more exciting. And we've seen just these like little odd points really do way up. In the last tournament we ran, it was won by, you know, one or two points that were gained from these little extra points. So they're nice to have. It is sure. pretty it's pretty good. So prizes and awards, we've got the overall champion. There is the stunty champion. So stunty teams will be considered the standard tier three teams. There are no tiering teams. Um but tier three standard teams so halflings ogres uh snotlings and goblins and college teams containing only stunty and strength five players are eligible so there are a couple of college teams in there that you can brew up that are eligible for the stunty championship i recommend against running them <laughs> but <laughs> technically you can run a college of uh, life team and have uh mixtures of halflings and snotlings and technically a, like a couple of beasts of nurgle there's some stuff you can do that technically counts as stunty and just there's there's always one it's probably gary but you know there's someone who will build a roster that is just very unique i'm hoping that someone runs that out uh but i don't know could you run could you run a full ogre team as a college of fire you only get three ogres I can't quite make up the point. Yeah, no. you have so, to get a billion stunnings. Uh, yeah, it'd be noblars and ogres and rerolls. Um, yeah. Yes, bit of a shame. I mean, not for everybody else, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at that it. point, at that point, Ben, you just run a ogre team. Um, yeah. Which you is get one legal. of those rerolls for free. <laughs> well, I know you've got to save the cash <laughs> for the rerolls. <laughs> Uh, we're also doing best team. We're doing a participation trophy and the Explorer Cup. So over the course of the day, the player who opens the most treasure chests will be declared the Explorer Cup champion. And I'm hoping that there's a kind of like a little side gig where someone is like, nope, my goal here is to win the Explorer Cup. I'm going to open up like 
five, six treasure chests every game and just go to town. Um, there's most casualties, chocolate armor award, and there is always a dirty player award. I always forget to put it in the rule book. There is always a dirty player award because it's just blood bowl, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, and what to bring please bring a team that is clearly marked identifiable uh teams do not have to be painted but we think the game looks better if they are please bring your dice and your throwing templates we're bringing the dungeons so don't worry about that it is a naf sanctioned tournament it's already been sanctioned we are good to go uh best team at the start of round one everyone gets a nomination slip uh we'll remind everyone to leave their teams out over the lunch break so that you can have a look what is best team it's up to you whether it's theme painting conversion whatever whatever one you think just like wow that coach did a great job that's your huckleberry and there are a couple of faqs uh that people have already started asking and this is the cool thing about this and when we get close to it people are going to start really thinking about it and this is where the faq thing is going to be really handy the two questions we've asked so far is do, does swarming work in dungeon bowl no sadly players can only enter the dungeon via the teleporter and wizards love proper order so no no sneaking on extra players and the next one snotling lineman in blood bowl rosters have the titchy skill but it's not present on the dungeon bowl skill which profile is to be used to keep things simple a snotling is a snotling is a snotling so the snotlings in dungeon bowl will also have titchy because snotlings everywhere have titchy that aren't stunty only so standard snotlings mm. will be standard snotlings whether they are on a snotling team or the college of life team um we're assuming that's just a typo anyway but it makes no sense for the snotling players to be fine for the noblars yeah. to be fine whether the noblar is on an ogre team or on the college of fire team they're the same it just seems weird that the college of life snotlings have got like i don't know like little flags on that mean that you can see them better very strange so we're going to ignore that um and also titchy is a big deal in dungeons yeah huge yeah don't underestimate these little strength one dudes they are they are vital for slipping past them like corridors of dwarves you need them but i was thinking from the other point of view as well ben because titchy you don't get the negative modifier to dodge through a tit to dodge into a titchy zone so actually true. those snotlings not having titchy and the college of life means that you can just gum up corridors with snotlings that are that make it as difficult for your opponent to dodge as like that's a really good point yeah yeah so that is why snotlings are snotlings because they're snotlings so they're snotlings anyway <laughs> i feel like that's been pretty well described what we're going to do now is we're going to have a quick look at both the dungeon layouts uh because we've got them we've done i think quite cool graphics for them they're not as cool as i'd like them to be but i think they're a good start um and there are there are two maps and we're gonna have these printed out on reversible posters so that actually you can just roll out a dungeon play then game two you roll it over you're good to go you don't have to do any setup now on these maps there are six teleporters and teleporters are numbered and there are also places lined out for the treasure chests we will have treasure chest tokens available for every pitch i've got two options for them at the moment i'm not sure which one's going to be the right way to do it um it'll either be a clever use of poker chips or cardboard um actual board game chips it depends which is going to be better for them to make for us but the teleporters are already on the map, so you don't have to deploy the teleporters. You will take the six treasure chest tokens, you will mix them up. Or, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, we can come around and mix them up and set them up on your pitch for you. Doesn't matter to me, doesn't matter, I think, probably to Ben, if whatever you're happiest with. 
Yeah, yeah. The the treasure chest with the ball and the bomb ones are going to look the same, so you will not know. Now, in both of these maps, they are symmetrical in the way that the teleporters are placed, in the way that the treasure chests are placed. So it doesn't matter which side of the pitch you're starting on. It doesn't matter which table you're starting on. You will have the same dungeon as everybody else every round. And your your side of the dungeon will be exactly the same as the opponent's side of the dungeon. So the role to see who goes first is going to be very important because it always is in a game of Blood Bowl. But when it comes to Dungeon Bowl, your path movement is going to be the same as theirs and the same on every table. And I don't know, this... <laughs> This was weird for me, Ben, but in a way of like trying to make it as competitively fair as possible, I kind of felt this was the right thing to do. I think you're right. I like it's you can be more creative playing Dungeon Bowl like with your friends and stuff. Like, but I think in a tournament setting, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have standardized. Yeah, the like some Dungeon Bowl tournaments that were run in the before times, they had standard like map layouts as well um mm -hmm. which i think just makes a lot of sense now having them printed is going to save a ton of time like i love yes. <laughs> like building a dungeon together is great fun but it it, it does it takes like half an hour uh mm -hmm. and it would mean that we would have also to provide a, a, a set of <laughs> yeah. dungeon bowl tiles for every table you cannot buy them separately so that would work out to be uh 1800 pounds it's a little bit more on the budget yeah that would mean mm. that it would be for 40 players uh which you know plus table hire it would be 50 pounds a ticket at uh, which point you make <laughs> which is share a dungeon bowl box between two people that's exactly yeah, what it is no yeah. uh this way it's 12 pound a ticket because we're getting them printed and it it takes the amount of time it takes for you to turn the map over to change the map now we've got two different maps map a is for game one and then again on game three so you're going to play a first dungeon you're going to play a second dungeon and then you're going to play in that first dungeon again in the last round so you will have learnt lessons probably from the first round pay attention because when you go back to that dungeon at the end of the day you're going to have already experienced those halls and that tunnel and that layout now you start with six guys in your end zone and immediately one, two, three, four, five, six, seven squares. There's a teleporter. One, two, three, four, five, six squares. There's a teleporter. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight squares. So every team you will start off with six, seven, and eight. Average movement speed in Blood mm -hmm. Bowl is six. So every team, every team? college of fire runners yeah runners every team will be able to uh suicide jump a dude into a teleporter on turn one whether it's recommended i i don't think so uh but you can do it and that i think was a really important part of the design for this first map because you're playing on it twice and someone there is going to be like i'm going to jump my dude into a teleporter what it does mean is you don't get to chuck slow moving big guys or three little nobler dudes in there which i think is quite important and mm -hmm. it also rewards so ben if you're thinking about running a college of light where you've got movement eight catchers and movement seven elves or whatever 
well, you can make two or three of those teleporters without a single rush in that first turn. So you, in your first turn, can go through these teleporters and potentially start putting dudes on your opponent's half of the pitch immediately, creating zones mm -hmm. to stop that so they have to blitz past you to get there. It just That means that from turn one, you will be making dungeon bowl decisions. And that is exactly what we want. We want you to be like, oh, do I just send him through a teleporter? Because if I roll the same number, he's going to disappear. If you want to know how that feels, go watch our game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Skaven. Oh, that's Teleporter 2. Oh, Teleport 2. Every, yeah, don't go in Teleporter 2. So there is a slight disadvantage to people jumping in this one here. Because, uh, yeah, it's not good luck. Anyway, there's also in this map, and I really love map A, because you've got the great hall straight down the middle okay mm. now there are doors so only these two center squares are walk throughable you can go diagonally like it's fine but immediately you've got to think about the fact that your opponent can just run straight across and into your end zone by going straight up the pitch now the ball nowhere near that right so they're going to have to filter out to try and find the ball to then bounce through so you've immediately got this i've got three channels to defend there's the big one down the middle and there's both the sides the sides are where the ball is the big middle is the fastest which means if you are a trundly chunky team so college of fire college of metal you can just western swagger your way up the middle of the pitch <laughs> if you want to uh and I just, I think we're going to see some really cool stuff from that. Yeah, for sure. That's that's intimidating. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the different colleges and different teams navigate through that. For sure. If it, you know, some teams will completely ignore it. Yeah, they're just going to completely leave the middle open. Now, that's map A. Map B, instead of having three avenues, basically has four avenues so these are... i think was this the map we played on the uh this was yeah this yeah. was and the other map i think was the map i played against with rick uh yeah was yeah yeah and these two maps are going to be the maps that we use most frequently when it comes to the next bonehead championship series because it, this is kind of like competitive constructed mm -hmm. dungeon bowl which is just a weird like an oxymoron, but... it is an oxymoron yeah, it is. Yeah, cognitive dissonance in a show is what we're going for so um map b you've got four corridors you've got three attached to your end zone which is super important in dungeon bowl what we don't want is one avenue because then you can just just turtle up in that one corridor yeah. that's no fun okay you've got three avenues in both maps so important because you do not have that many players so hopefully that will force you to spread out you can still go full gatekeeper uh start your 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 you know your initial deployment drop of six dudes and just turtle up immediately and then bring on your other guys uh one at one at a turn you can do that but your opponent's gonna have much more flexibility to get hold of the ball before you uh, i remember those chests are worth a point each exactly. so you're essentially giving them six points right yeah so yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a really interesting one. So uh, map B, you've got straight up from both your end zones, you will run straight down a corridor and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine squares away. Eight, nine squares away is a treasure chest. And then one, two, three, four, five squares away is a treasure chest as well. So you will be opening a treasure chest immediately on your first turn with most builds. Uh, also, one, two three four five squares away is a teleporter now this one's a bit of a smaller map it's a bit closer but there's four different combat zones 
mm-hmm. and it feels more like like kill team you're kind of like planning out your strategy which corridors am i going to give up how am i going to defend um and this is the one we played on ben and you're right and this is this inspired the explorer cup extra points because if if you open the treasure chest up on the right hand side then the action is down the right hand side and that middle corridor and then the left hand side of the map completely ignored well if you can just take a nobbler and just wander around there and scoop up some extra points and go for the explorer cut while defending your center and right wing you're good to go and i think that's quite interesting um Mm -hmm. but two different maps are going to have two different opening plays two different strategies and you the mix of team you're playing against will be massively different and I, i'm just i am just so excited it's, yeah it's outrageous I, I, yeah this is really fun and this is what embodied the love for dungeon ball i think was just it's just has so many avenues it becomes a real strategic Literally. puzzle um yeah the random elements in this work really well because some you know sometimes random elements in games can be frustrating but i think in this i mean yeah it can still be frustrating teleporter too but um it's i i just think it, it encourages you to just completely break out of your blood Bowl comfort zone and play something completely different with the rule set and knowledge that you already have like it's not like learning a whole new game it's just applying your skills in a very different way and i think that's really really fun I think we're going to have, uh, a, well, you know, when it comes to Blood Bowl, we, we often see, Ben, like, you know, a third of the game is draws. I think we might see a little bit more than a third of the game in Dungeon Bowl be a draw. Um, mm-hmm. And that means that those extra points are going to be really important for you. Massively. Um, because, yeah. you know, you open four treasure chests, your opponent opens none. You know, you kind of win that game. <laughs> Not from a points <laughs> point of view, but you get more points than they do. So it's going to be really interesting... Um, really interesting mix-up i'm very excited to see how they play out um that's it that's that's the dungeon ball tournament this is what we're going to be playing against we've got maps oh my god this is um this is starcraft coverage oh (laughs) you know we've got this map they're playing tvc you mentioned mentioned this so long ago that's why i was just like where did you say this you have said this before when we've had like a chat i don't know if it was on the podcast (laughs) if it was just a chat we've had before be like i really want that dream where you can have like maps and you 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 know you can be like this is this is the layout they're taking this team this is the strategy they normally go for there we're expecting them to go up the up the east flank here (laughs) this is it dungeon bowl has provided it this is amazing yeah Uh, and oh hopefully everything is starting to line up and i really want us to do coverage we still got to do some trials we still got to do some tests but we know the cameras work we know the setup works yeah, currently we're struggling with discord calls so we've got a little bit of a way to go i think on the tech this is tech why i find it outrageous okay because we filmed <laughs> all of that no problems at all i spend my entire day running monster spreadsheets and using obs as a virtual cam and through google meets no problems at all i run discord and go in a video chat with ben my computer turns itself off i don't get it but it does give me an excuse to soup up the pc so i think i might need to uh need to go shopping to just to make sure that we can do this because it would be sweet to be able to provide yeah. coverage uh, yeah anyway bt i think that basically wraps up what we've got to talk about for dorset dungeon bowl anything to add uh no no not at all I, i'm just really excited and i hope to see a lot of people there oh yeah well i think well we've got 
over two months to go and there's like seven or eight tickets left i think we should see a full house which is Great. awesome anyway we're gonna take a quick break and be right back how you doing The last thing we're going to talk about today is the next series that we're going to be doing on YouTube. So the Bonehead Championship wrapped up last weekend and it was awesome. Uh, it felt like it was just going on forever. Uh, 18 games, six teams, brilliant moments. And I, I it was, I, I thought it was great fun, Ben. I would love to comment, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> you were on it. Like, it's fine. It's really bad. Like, it's fine. Okay, actually, I'm going to put you on the spot now. How many Bonehead podcasts have you actually listened to? I... Have you listened I, since I, you I joined? Don't, I don't like the sound of my... Not to a full episode. <laughs> I think that's fair. I don't like listening back to myself. I don't even... I don't watch the YouTube videos I've done, we've done either. Like... I, d I don't know. I find looking at myself very awkward or hearing myself very awkward. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> You're a natural born presenter, Ben. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, anyway, the Bonehead Championship was our mini league. Um, I almost did the actual intro again, like uh, just because I've said it so many times now that I got used to it. Um, and we used full on SPP rules. We had six teams, five games each. Did a round robin then top four went through to the finals had some great final games like some outrageous finals it was really good and we had the viewer championship going on as well and this is coming out on saturday i should be doing the wrap up and the final uh standings of the viewer championship on the sunday which was really cool so people would guess the games as they were going along guess the scores get points we had a little uh, leaderboard and we go every episode like it was it was it was just it was really good fun really enjoyed it and i we're going to be doing another one it's going to be slightly different so it feels like we're in kind of like dungeon bowl heat at the moment but actually you know what playing 18 games of 11s full 11s is a lot of standard blood bowl content so we feel like if you want to see how blood bowl plays if you want to experience people that hopefully you like have a horrible time uh we've got you covered and there are giants which i'm very happy with and some wizards that actually did very bad um so we're gonna take this opportunity to do something slightly different for season two and we are going to go into dungeon ball and oh yeah uh, yeah so uh what we're going to do is we're just going to talk through how the series is going to look and why we're doing the things that we're going to do so ben how many colleges of magic mm. are there uh eight exactly and how many teams are we going to be featuring oh. in this season <laughs> don't worry don't worry we've oh, edited that out quiz. we've edited that out um how many teams yeah eight exactly that that was a little bit more nerve-wracking than it should have been Ooh, sorry okay yeah okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no exactly we are going to have one of each of the colleges of magic and it is going to be slightly different from the first one so technically you can play dungeon bowl in a league format now 
the more touchdowns you have, the more SPP you get, the quicker your players level up. Ben, how many touchdowns can you score in a game of Dungeon Bowl? One. Exactly. That is not a lot of SPP. So we're not going full on league because it would just take a very long time for you to level up your players. There's no line of slaughter, so you don't get the free blocks as the game goes on to get the casualties. You're not passing the ball all that much because you may not have the ball for most of the game. So you don't get completions, you know, throwing teammate, risky as heck at a dungeon. I can't wait to see that at Dorset Dungeon Ball, Ben. Um, what happens <laughs> if I throw the goblin into the wall? Ah, I don't know. Um, yes. Actually, actually, yeah, there is a, there is a, there is, that is actually covered yeah. in the rule book. Um, throw teammate into walls. They don't, they don't, you can't bounce mm. them off walls. They just, they just go splat. That's going to happen. <laughs> Such a shame. I know. Rubberized goblins should be an inducement. Hinging snotlings down the corridor would be amazing. We might have to. <laughs> I think if you throw a fun, I think if you throw a fun hopper, it should have a chance to bounce off the wall. That should be good. Yeah, that a guaranteed bounce, like at least three bounces before it resolves, <laughs> like a scatter, but for bounces. Uh, house rules for dungeon ball are where it gets really fun. <laughs> so we're not running league. What we are going to do uh, is run all the teams as if they were playing in the Dorset Dungeon Bowl because we think that as a rule set, it's pretty good for Dungeon Bowl. Uh, with the timeline of this coming out, it, we should have several games out before the Dorset Dungeon Bowl, and we are going to use the maps from DDB as well. So this is kind of like this. Uh, this uh, these are how these maps work. These are how these colleges work. This is the build. This is how it works. We're not we're just kind of trying to represent a standardized Dungeon Bowl kind of competitive format because we think it's a really good starting point and it should give you an idea of what a Dungeon Bowl event can be like, what Dungeon Bowl teams can do. So they are going to be straight up DDB build rules. So if I've edited this podcast correctly, this should be coming after the bit where we talk about the Dorset Dungeon Bowl. If it hasn't, then skip ahead. And I was bad, my bad. But we had to change things up because the math <laughs> website went down. So we've done the, the time hoppy thing. Anyway, College of Magic, 1,000 tv so one million gold you get a free reroll and you get a wizard of your college type so there's plenty of builds and that extra reroll means you can you can buy some of the more sporty stuff um and one of the great and very fair bits of feedback that we got from the bono championship is please don't use models that ben has painted all by himself because they are all green they are all yellow and they are all covered in agrax uh which is incredibly fair uh so um yeah, I remember the one where we were filming with the new camera angles and it just happened to be, was it Widows versus... No, was it Skaven Widows? Yeah, I think it was. Think? was. Or... And they were both green and brown. And we're just like, actually, maybe. Yeah, uh, let's, yeah. At, least, at least some of the teams had orange on them. Um, yeah, that was a really fair <laughs> challenge. So Ben is painting up a few teams. I'm painting up a few teams. Milton is painting up a few teams. And I need to ask Trips if he doesn't mind if I just use his death team, but I'm sure he'll be up for it. But that gives different painting styles would have the teams that look different different colors painted by different people which should massively increase the visibility but there will be eight teams now tournament rules so we're going to use the scoring exactly as it is for ddb as well and it's going to be a knockout straight for the beginning so there are eight teams so the first round you lose you're out then we'll go through so four teams will go through two games of those you lose, you're out. 
So it's going to be a final will be after seven games. So those of you that aren't that fussed by Dungeon Bowl or really want us to get back to sevens or elevens, this is going to be across basically two months. It's seven games. It's individual knockout. I don't feel like and Ben. I, I want to know. I, I want to know your thoughts on this. I don't feel like there are massive allegiances to colleges like there are with like people are like. Oh, I love Snotlings. I want to see the Snotling team lots. I don't feel like that applies just yet to the college teams. I don't think so. I think like, I mean, I, I, I'm saying this as someone who's just been introduced to that. Well, I know it's been around for a long time. I don't. I don't know if someone is a staunch like I. I am of fire, or I am of beast. Um, I don't think that really. They changed that it really all. exists. No, they, they changed it all. So, so. Oh, of course they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It used to be like jade and stuff. I, and you know what? I Amethyst. think I think there's a. I think there would have been, because um, like there was the cool one that was like halflings, dwarves, and werewolves, and you're just like, why? Just, just because. So actually, mm. I think if they'd kept it over, there would be some people that are like, oh, I'm Stormbolts all day, baby. But you know what? That is not the case anymore. So. What we did with um, the Bona Championship is we wanted people who liked a team to be able to see that team play multiple games. And we even went to the point of busting out the schedule so that no team went more than two or three weeks without a game um, because we wanted to keep everyone involved. Yeah. And you know what? I love Skaven. So actually every few weeks I'm going to see a Skaven game. Um, I, built a ma I built a wonderful little spreadsheet to help me do that as well. Um <clears throat> Uh, when it comes to the the dungeon bowl i, I don't think people no one's going to be too upset like a death which i think is probably the most popular team which is weird but everyone's like oh, i love the college of death it's like it's just undead dude with flesh golems <laughs> that you can't afford like but still you're like yeah college of death like it would be gutted if the college of death go out in the first round yeah well that might happen but no one's going to be too upset mm -hmm. the only other way we could have done it is by oh what's what's ben you this is a double knockout i, I we see this in esports a lot where like you have to lose two games to be knocked out or something i i don't know I how don't it think works I've, i don't think i've seen that uh they do it in magic at, and it's very confusing okay. basically you play so if we were to do that it would be you play the first four games then you'd end up with four teams going straight through and then the other four teams would play and then two of those would go in and then you'd have six teams and it doesn't work out like you have to have a certain number of teams so it, i can't remember what it's called it's like duplicate knockout or something uh but we're not going to double do knockout or double elimination double elimination that's it yeah uh, i don't know if it works with eight teams uh we can look at it in the future but it might be a case that actually ben's lovingly painted fire college team go just just loses immediately and we never see it again <laughs> I think I'll bring it to also dungeon book. <laughs> exactly. But actually, because it's only seven <laughs> weeks, it's only seven games. It's it, this is more yeah. about the competition and the tournament than it is about the teams developing. And I think that's actually quite a cool representation of the different things that's great in Blood Bowl. You know, with the original with the Bono Championship one, it was about seeing those teams develop. Well, DDB, there's no development. This is constructed format. These guys are what they are, and they're going to be playing up to three games if they're good. And this is about the teams and the individual games. So this is about the story of the match. Championship one was about the story of the teams. And this is going to give us a great opportunity to just play some constructed Blood Bowl in these dungeons. And I'm 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 really happy because Ben, you and I, we're gonna to be TOing, maybe even doing coverage for DDB. Well, 
We get to mm -hmm. actually take part in DDB before DDB happens and show you some stuff to do and not to do. So I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah, yeah, I know me too. Um Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a good laugh and it'll be good fun to see all these different teams. Hopefully we can get them all up all done in time, because that is a painting challenge. But we have um agreed that it's you know, it's something we're willing to take on and we're going to try and get, what is it, we're both, we're all trying to do like two teams, two weeks or something? Yeah, so, yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got two weeks till we, start, till we start the first day of filming. And this is something else that we're going to, they're going to do is, is, is film more of it in one go. So there's no, there's, there's a lot less delays because uh, there's only seven matches. We can probably get it done in two days of filming and one extra. I'm going to give the game away. We're going to take like three t-shirts. <laughs> 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 well, <a> plan. <laughs> filming 18 matches for the Bona Championship was uh, it was fine there's definitely some stuff we learned about just the production of it the, the editing of it, the timelines of it and when it comes to doing whatever we do after D after Dungeon Bowl Championship, uh, we'll probably take some learning from that, but 7 games yeah, it's, like, it's almost as if like these TV game shows where they film like it all in one day, it's like they, they knew what they're doing they don't who, who get do? they don't just film a game a week every week yeah like yeah. The, the final we recorded thursday night and it went out to the patrons saturday morning and i i don't need to tell and i had my second interview on that friday as well so ian and i wrapped up filming God. i edited it i went to sleep it, it exported it on the friday night i saw it was it was that was the quickest turnaround i think i've done uh and it was a longer than normal blood bowl game is all i'll say if you haven't watched if you haven't watched any of the original bonus championship maybe just watch the finals because there's some great stuff in there and one of the other things i loved about the original bonus championship was the fact that in one of the rounds we spiced it up a bit and added something special in there we added giants now when it comes mm. to this season we're not going to give anything away right now but there are going to be some games that have some stuff in there that is unusual because we want to, and I think you're going to like it. And I think we should probably, should we talk about it next week? Should we, should we put a, a flag out there for some, for some homebrew dungeon no, balls? No, no. Oh, okay. Homebrew dungeon ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep it a surprise. Yeah. Keep what the thing is. A I think we should. We we'll do homebrew keep it dungeon. A surprise. That's a good that does mean. Yeah. I got some. I got some stuff. Some additional stuff to do, for two weeks, which is just fine. That's fine. Oh. You have allies, Ben. You have uh, an army of brush wielding hobby enthusiasts. Well, we talked through two, two, two really good ideas, that I I think are pretty low maintenance but could be hugely fun so i think we just mm. we do those that'll be okay. good anyway there's some cool stuff coming seven games dungeon ball and then don't know we might do 11s again we might do sevens we might do both but we're going to do it slightly differently the great thing about this one is that we get to use the multicam setup we'll try and do it slightly better i feel like the first match you and i did ben was pretty good than the one i did with rick i thought that was really good we learned yeah, i really enjoyed that we learned some more lessons and and the cameras were better in that second one mm -hmm. uh which means that hopefully we go forward we can do this a lot you know even better that time i thought it worked great the fact that the models are going to be painted differently is really going to help um 
Yes. And we got to say might, might try experiment with like colored rims or something like that as well for positionals that yeah. could help. Yeah. Uh I've still yeah. got all those willy miniature skill rings. So oh, of course. We've got some stuff we can do with that. Um or we just print some stuff off. We've got loads of that as well. Um uh, yeah. Uh, we got to say things like cut to camera five, which just made me unnecessarily <laughs> happy. And I know <laughs> I know you loved it as well. I did, pushing the buttons. It was so good. Oh, so it was so good. good. So good. Really good fun. So, uh, yeah, dream. just wanted to talk it through um, because I'm just really excited about it. And hopefully it'll be a good way to showcase Dungeon Bowl um, and kind of fits in with the Dungeon Bowl theme that we've got going in spring, which is all about DDB mm -hmm. and, and the Dungeon Bowl Championship. So just a couple of weeks to go. You're going to see all the college teams and um, you'll see some, some, some quality mistake-laden Blood Bowl. And that's that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> right anyway bt i think we should wrap up thank you so much i'm sorry it ran a bit late and we had some tech issues but apparently discord is the devil and google meets is for the win so yeah yeah we're learning we're always learning no <laughs> thank you very much mate appreciate we'll get it sorted by episode 100 yeah maybe no no problem always a pleasure i mean we've come such a long way in 88 episodes i 88 episodes ago i did not consider the fact that we would be doing this that we would have all this and it's just i don't know man we need to start thinking about episode 100 because it's it's not far now 24 yeah. weeks away very close hmm. oh uh no we'll mention that a different time uh anyway okay ben thank you very much <laughs> guys thank you very no much for watching if you've got some cool ideas for Dungeon Bowl, then share them with us. Uh, otherwise, you'll see some stuff coming soon. And let us know what you think about the World Cup because it's this is going to be a massive year for Blood Bowl. And I am definitely here for it. Anyway, BT, thanks very much. Guys, thanks very much for watching. We'll be back soon with more Blood Bowl content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking. Have you ever, do you ever watch the Joe Rogan show or listen to the Joe Rogan show? I have done before and I found it so insufferable. I just like, I listen to it out of curiosity because you hear things about it. And from what I experience, I'm just like, how is this as popular as you get it? I think it. it might fall into the 40k realm of popular because it's popular, but because he is a he is a trope the podcast is a the show like is a trope right but i really like the fact that they talk about loads of stuff in depth for hours that you wouldn't ever get a chance to listen to or talk to like there's so much stuff on there about ufos and things it's wicked <laughs> i know what you mean but i think it there, there becomes a line where because of its like its absolutely massive reach it starts to have that kind of effect on like you know, there's people who would believe what is said and things like that. And that's just...
don't know. I, just, I don't know. Maybe I'll just watch like the wrong one, but I just found it like I don't I don't know where it was going. Maybe you need to like I don't think I I think I just I don't I haven't watched or listened to any of the ones that I think would antagonize me. So regardless Maybe of like why, yeah. like the whole covid thing, I don't know which side like they sit on I I but for watching all the like weird conspiracy stuff, he seems to just ask loads of questions. He's like so, He's a very good host. Yeah. I will say that regardless of what they talk about, he is really good at podcast. He just seems to disbelieve and believe everybody at the same time. It's really impressive. I think that's it. I think that's it cuz he has genuinely no opinion. He will yeah. just say yes to whoever he's talking to. And so you do I guess you get very real like um opinions out of the people he is talking. But yeah, maybe cuz I I actively sought out ones I know would antagonize me cuz I was in that kind of mood. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Just, uh, warm up the keyboard. It's flame war yeah. time. <laughs> well, the only reason I ever listened to it is because of uh, because of Aaron Rodgers. Like he went through this COVID thing, and then Doctor Joe Rogan gave him some advice to help him feel better. And it's all very strange. Like the celebrity circles there are all very dubious. Yeah. Uh, and then. Because of that, I think it just YouTube was like, "Hey, you like Joe Rogan and aliens? Watch this!" And tell you what, I watched this. I watched this for hours, and then I went into a really weird space of not knowing what was real and what was not real anymore. Uh, and, and then, <laughs> <laughs> which is also what happens if like Tiff goes away for the weekend and I'm left on my own, it'll be like seven hours of pure productivity. I will like boom, that's two weeks worth of content done. Now let's watch some YouTube while I have dinner, and then for like. Four minutes later, I'm like, wow, nothing's real. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's all coming to an end. Like, tip, tip, <laughs> tip. She comes home to find you like eating bo- like tiny boxes of cereal on the floor or something. I don't, <laughs> gen- gen- genuinely, this is it. She'll come home sometimes. She'll be like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I just, like, it's like, I'm really lucky. Like, I process things and I think about things like really fast. So, if she leaves me, if I'm left unattended for too long in my own little world and I'm not productive, it's like I've been left on my own for like a week. I'm, I'm just so worried about when we have children. Like, because <laughs> I'm just going to be like, right, pop into the shops and I come back and they're going to go, just be like feral. They've created their own country. Like, this is, this is. You're there, like encouraging them. Yeah. Like, you like, need to build some barricades. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tin foil hats, everything. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I, 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 oh, I'm gonna be. I am gonna be one of those parents that's just so proud of things you're not supposed to be proud of. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, because I, I was the same. Like at school, uh, I still remember this. I went to the same secondary school. My brother's five years younger than me. He joined the secondary school while I was at college, and he was came home one day and he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." Our, uh, the graphics teacher showed me your coursework today. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, yeah, told uh, told us this is what not to do. And I was like, okay, amazing. Like, thank you. And I, I was like, what happened in that lesson? I, I, I distinctly remember telling this bloke that I didn't need a GCSE and colouring in uh, because it was graphics. Now, I was a big computer nerd. So I did the majority of my graphic stuff in Coral Print House is what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And... We were, I designed a video game box. I did it all on a printer and I printed it out in several sections in color and put it together. And it was like, no, you need to color it in. I was like, I know how to color in. Like, I, this is going to be red. I'm not going to sit here and color it in red. Like, it's red. Like, that's going to be red. And he was like, you need to do this. I was like, I don't need a GCSE in coloring in. And I stormed out. And uh, yeah, 
I did do it. I was going to say it had to be it had to be pretty bad for them to spend five years teaching students not what not to do. <laughs> it's because it was done. It was because it was done on a computer. I was really happy with the video game box. I was like, yes, yeah, bang on. I got clip art. It was swish. You know, if it had been a presentation, there would have been explosions because this was the two thousands. Mm. Uh, and I still think about that dude who I will not name just in case. But um, he's a fan. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Everything is done on a computer now. And I have not yep. coloured in since. In fact, I've barely used a pen since. In fact, I go to places and I take a pen and I do not even bother taking paper because it is just for show. Because if you tell me something I need to remember, I'm going to put it on my phone or iPad or laptop. Or my hand, I guess. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, anyway, Ben, it's nice to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> from Joe Rogan to <laughs> yeah. graphics teachers uh, like five minutes that guy anyway 